Wrestling Geeks Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Dollar bill, y'all. Grew y'all. up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no jive. Hey, how you guys doing out there? It's Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my co-host that you just heard, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews over shows and also preview shows, if you will. So there's my little rap. Love Wu-Tang Clan. Chris, what the fuck you doing? Dude, uh, Wu-Tang Clan is for the kids, and you have to understand that Trick loves the kids. Trick loves the kids. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, man. It's It's been a weird week, but not a bad week by any means. How, how, how have you been doing over there? Doing good, man. You know, it's my mama's birthday yesterday. I'll admittedly say it's on the radio because she doesn't, uh, or podcast, whatever the fuck. Because uh, she doesn't listen. I almost forgot until my brother reminded me. So I had to play stupid, and I did a pretty damn good job about it. So should we uh, hit the happy birthday song or uh, just go straight to the Beatles? I heard it's your birthday. <laughs> no, we should uh, swig up real quick if you're drinking your noon beers with us. Because yep. this is my grandmother is her uh, her mother. So it's my mom. Happy birthday, noon beerage. Dune beers ah. mom. Happy birthday. You can tell her I said happy birthday. She's If she's not going to listen to this, you might as well tell her I said so. Absolutely, I will. And uh, I, I'm actually drinking some breakfast beers, man. I got some Blue Moons. So that that's a breakfast beer, right? Orange flavored? I think I'm drinking a Milwaukee's Best Light. I'm channeling my inner Stone Cold over here. Either your inner Stone Cold or your inner <laughs> me when I was like fucking 19 and shit. The yeah, beast. Uh... <laughs> Well, the beast light, because, you know, I can't have those extra 20 calories. The beast light. I'm thinking of Brock Lesnar as a cruiserweight. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That would be so great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we've kind of done this and we can kind of like, I don't know, put like five minutes into it. Unless you haven't seen the new episode of Wu-Tang Clan American Saga, in which I was referencing, uh, entitled Cream. Chris, did you see the new episode? I did. It's great. It's such a phenomenal show, man. I'm I'm just blown away every time I watch this fucking show of how good it is. I know there's some people out there who's like, well, it's not really. It, it's kind of a dramatic event of what Wu-Tang. It's like, yeah, it's a fucking TV show, dude. Like, yes. there's documentaries out there. If you want to, like, learn a lot about Wu-Tang, there's shit out there. Or if you want to learn about stretching bobito there's we've talked about it on the show there's great documentaries out there but god damn i love this fucking show (laughs) yeah the fact that rizza and the directors make it so cinematic in nature and even if they don't follow exact history i don't give a fuck um but i will say in real life if this happened and also on the show if rizza just picked the motherfucking label (laughs) before talking with anyone I think I would have murdered him if I was Raekwon or Ghostface Killer of Power. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. That's <laughs> it's, 
that was a weird situation, man. Especially because they did like uh, I guess it wasn't last week's, but the the episode before that, well, they went to the uh, a convention center or whatever to push music, and they were just like hitting all the different booths and stuff. And for this guy to just because they could have signed that deal even before then. Right, and it was like a very shitty deal. I think it was like what thirty grand, and we get all the rights to your music. Sixty, I think it was sixty-four thousand dollars, and they get to pursue individual careers, which is one of the reasons why they stayed out of uh, uh, Def Jam's. They didn't sign with Lala because she wanted them to be completely controlled by the label, and the other label wanted to kind of repackage them to make them more presentable. Uh, they were both offering, I think it was one fifty was for one, and then Def Jam's was like two hundred. And he went with the other label that was going to that in real life they went with and they made all their stuff off of. And I believe Method Man went to Def Jam shortly after that. Everyone kind of made their own albums and um, it was just cool kind of seeing it. But yeah, Reza Man, like, you know, he's doing those little chess things. And he's like, see, I'm going to win in chess, motherfucker. Like I, 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 that guy's uh, cadence to his voice is very interesting. Yeah, um, it's I don't know. I, we love Wu-Tang. But uh, it, that is, it's so weird watching that. And at, because we, like I said, there's, was it called Killer Bees, that documentary they did? It was either on mm-hmm. HBO or, or Stars. That's a great documentary if you're a Wu-Tang fan. Um, but yeah, just seeing it kind of c- cinematically it, is great. And I've enjoyed the hell out of this series. I know I have some friends that are just like, yeah, but like it's uh, it's too much for me or whatever. And it's like, well, I mean, Wu Tang in itself is kind of too much if you if you really think about it. Like they have a they have a video game controller shaped like the Wu symbol <laughs> for their fighting <laughs> game. Like they're kind of the only band that would do something like that. So it, you know, for this to be over overly cinematic, I've had no problems with it. I love the shit out of that show though, and I think the casting is great, especially the guy they have playing Meth is yeah is well one thing one thing as a criticism i think he is great as method man i wish we got to see more of his backstory so i hope they kind of tap into his individual story a little bit at least in the next season or whatever because i mean arguably when it comes to popularity i would say even over odb and rizza method man becomes the biggest star of the whole entire group well yeah and 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 do you get red like when you're they kind of yeah they alluded to Redman in a couple episodes where they were talking about this stuff coming from New Jersey, if I remember correctly, because Red's from New Jersey. So he's like way off the beaten path of where most of the story happens, the, the general vicinity of uh, Long Island. Um, but yeah, I want to know yeah. what that story was like. How did, how did Red and Meth meet? Um, there's so much you could do with Wu. I mean, you could spend all day like we haven't even days. like. Is Master Killer <laughs> even been introduced yet? No, I I want the storyline. Like you know, if they can do like nine seasons of this, and we get to uh, ODB showing up, just as Fat Baby Jesus, uh, high as hell to ICP recording things like. He he didn't put anything down on the track. He just yelled a bunch of shit, but we paid him anyways because we loved him so much. Shout out to ICP <laughs> for that, by the way. So like, Jesus Christ, I, there's an ICP track out there where like ODB's just like Fat Baby Jesus, Fat Baby Jesus, <laughs> just yelling random ODB shit. Um, because uh, if you guys didn't know, ODB he didn't go out so well. R.I.P. Though, 
R.I.P. Well, yeah, great show, man. Just wanted to go over that. I also wanted to go over a show that we didn't get to talk about last week since we didn't have a show. Um, last episode of Heels. Season one is done. It's in the books. It hasn't had the greatest reviews, at least live on television, but it's also on a platform like Stars. But it has gotten um, pretty good views on their streaming app. So I see there's potential for them to have a season two. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. I love the last episode, except for the last five fucking minutes of it. So if you haven't seen it, we're spoiling it. It's been out for a fucking week and a half, though. So bear with us. But, I mean, this is a wrestling-related television show. So, uh, yeah. What'd you think, Chris? I'm st- I'm still stuck on the episode before that, where he's like, "Don't come for my shit, boy." <laughs> it was, it Did was- you realize? Someone told me the fucking guy that is like the ECW, if you will, promoter. You know, the fake Paul Heyman guy. That's Mike O'Malley from fucking Guts. Oh, I had no idea. No, <laughs> you could have put me. You could have gave me a, a like. You have to kill yourself. You can't answer this. I, I would. I would just be dead. I wouldn't be able to answer that one. Like a. But once scenario. you do, <laughs> it looks just like him. You're like, holy shit, that is him. I, I can uh, see man. that. He's he's great. I mean, he's like. I wouldn't even call him Paul. I think they're going for more Vince Russo than uh, Paul Heyman. I mean, maybe a little bit of both with that character. But uh, man. I love this last episode, and uh, I know you didn't like the finish. <laughs> Not to bring into wrestling terms, but I know you didn't like the finish of the episode. I I thought it was fine because I feel like they didn't know if they were going to get a, a second season or not. So they just tried to wrap it up with a pretty bow. Well, and you know, and it was a good feel-good moment, and I really like, uh, well, I can't remember her name, but the character... Um, and I was with her the whole entire time. I was just hoping that was going to make Stephen Amell, his character, um, I don't know, Jack Spade, just realize that maybe they need a women's division, spicing some stuff up, and she would be kind of the leading person along with you know, uh, Jack's business partner on trying to build that up and find some wrestlers. Uh, I just think that, I mean, I hate this. The television show, for the most part, did a really good job of being inside, being semi-realistic, I just don't see a Southern-based promotion all of a sudden randomly during their championship match with a guy that's like supposed to be like this Michael P.S. Hayes, Ric Flair <laughs> hybrid, you know, um, them all being like, hey, you're not in the match at all. You've just been a valet. But And, and you know, this is a men's wrestling match. You're, you're a female. All of a sudden, just put yourself in it. Climb the fucking ladder, get the championship gold, and that's how we go out. I thought that that was kind of silly. I got to be honest. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, this is gonna make me sound sexist. I'm not trying to be sexist. It just they're in fucking Georgia. I mean, I I don't know. I just don't even think the audience would have gone for it. I think there would have been a lot of confusion if they did that in real life. And uh, I hope they have a second season. Maybe they can gun for this. But I just thought that that was a really weird way to end it. It's. It's one of those things, though. It's it's geared towards viewers, not necessarily wrestling fans, right? So you've had that story arc of that character and uh, her putting Wild Bill down um, in her training. How do you match. like Wild Bill uh, shitting his pants? Uh, hilarious. <laughs> Shout out to Terry Balea, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Knew where that joke was. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. 
matches. I thought he was going to just, uh, I didn't think he was going to make it to the ring after he, he dropped those new drugs and stuff. Cause they kind of played that up and he had like double vision and stuff getting to the ring. You remember that they did like a yeah. zoom, out, zoom out. I thought he would, he just wasn't going to be there and, it, and she was going to have to fill in like worst case scenario or whatever. And I mean, they ended up doing it and uh, it's one of those things cause they're, they're trying to portray, portray like old school wrestling, but like to have like a female just jump in the ring and, and win the title uh, as not part of the match. That's going to be hard to explain. But like I said, it, it, I feel like they were they don't know if they're going to get a second season. So they just want to give you like a feel good moment. And um, if they get a second season, they get a second season. I think it deserves a second season. I love it. There's yep. it's it like us like we've talked about before. It's 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 Friday Night Lights, but wrestling. So why would yep. you not love it if you're a wrestling fan? It's great. Yep, definitely agree. Want a second season. So if you guys haven't checked out Heels, well, we spoiled the last episode for you, but uh, go back and check it out. You'll like it, I think. Uh, let's move on, man. The, the only thing I would say is um they gave us that great episode where he talks about, you remember the sting finish here? They, they didn't give us enough of that. Um, dialing into different things from Georgia or even wrestling in general. Um, that would be my own only caveat about the show is it is a show about wrestling. And sometimes there's not a whole lot of wrestling on the show about wrestling, or at least not talking about wrestling or, or trying to figure out wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Um, but talking about uh, wrestling, going going back to actual wrestling, Chris, we got someone coming back. The uh, the, the the real one, Mister formerly known as Enzo Amore, now Enzo 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 Amore is coming to MLW. I think he made an appearance on the last episode. I haven't got a chance to watch it. But he will be featured on MLW uh, Fusion Alpha. This is the first promotion on television that he has been a part of since leaving the WWE. Um, over a lot of controversy and whatnot that he was, uh, you know, exempted from, whatever. Um, but we get to see Enzo back in the squared circle, which apparently from what he said, he's been working nonstop at his wrestling and trying to get better of it. We knew that that was definitely one of his weaknesses. Now, Enzo on the mic, he's one of the only guys in the industry, along with MJF, to a different degree that really does not break character uh, in interviews or anything like that. So I don't know if that's because that's actually him or not. But, Chris, are you excited to see Enzo coming to MLW? And also, we found out Will Ospreay will be there soon. Uh, Alex Shelley will be coming in. And uh, they're also losing... M- M- the Mance man, Mance Warner, and apparently AEW is excited about possibly grabbing uh, old Mancer. So, uh, yeah, Enzo coming in, Will Ospreay coming in, Alex Shelley coming in, Mance Warner possibly going to AEW. Also, Filthy Tom is gone, right? Oh, yes, Filthy Tom, that's right. He just finished up with them. Yeah, which is, cra- that seems crazy, but, um, yeah, I- Dude, I'm excited for Enzo. I've been waiting for it for a while. We had a segment where I used to shit on Enzo. <laughs> Remember? Two, three years ago. 
when he hit yep. during his cruiserweight run. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm the biggest Enzo fan of all time, but you have to kind of root for this guy. He's one of the only people that did take this thing to court, you know, and like really make it a big deal and uh, come out the other side and for, for better or for worse, whatever, whatever you want to consider him. But uh, he's He's great on the mic. If he got better in the ring, that's good with MLW. They can, they don't have to have him wrestle as cruiserweight, you know, like, I mean, that's the biggest thing is like uh, MLW and AEW, like you look at Enzo and think he's small, but then watch that video where he knocks out Joey Janela and you're like, that's not a small guy. <laughs> it's small in WWE standard, but not small. Like he, he is a, uh, he's a big cat. So I think it's an interesting pickup for MLW. Someone they definitely need on the mic for sure. Absolutely. I think it'll be fun to add him in the mix of, you know, your your uh, judge, E.J. Naduka, uh, recent signee, the champion, Alexander Hammerstone, uh, Jacob Fatu. There's a lot of great wrestlers. Their middleweight champion, Tajiri, uh, a lot of great wrestlers over there and a lot of involvement from other promotions. Court Bauer is a really smart man. And uh, I really look forward to seeing MLW with their hour shows succeed um last couple it's i think the hour actually has hurt them a bit because they weren't able to get everything in but um i think they're going to find a format stick to it and probably start building and like you said having since they lost people that were good on the mic like pillman jr and especially mjf uh having enzo in there it's gonna be good now i thought enzo was gonna go to impact to join uh, big cast, but it's. I actually think that it's good for him to go down his own path. I mean, you could still do, he could still do that, right? Yeah. I mean, they're very open into working with each other, especially like MLW and AW. So, I'm yeah, sure I mean, Impact would be on board. It's uh, big cast right now. What are, what, are, what, are, what are they calling him? What's his uh... real name? And I can't think of it for the life of me. Now I'm gonna have to look it up. Keep on talking, sir. But but anyways, uh, yeah, Big Cass has been William Morrissey. Back. Yeah, Morrissey, which is like one I hate Morrissey, but also it's a great name for a big. Dude. I Just am the big. sun. <laughs> I am the air. <laughs> oh, the Smiths and stuff. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> no, no. All jo- all joking aside. Um, yeah, I know. He's been killing it over there, and uh, that's his – God, that's his only thing is maybe you can bring – like if, say, Enzo wins a title in MLW and comes over, and he's like, now Cass is going to get a title as a hype man. If you want to do something like that, I think that will draw more eyes to the product than, say, I don't know, Christian, which there's nothing against Christian or anything, but it's just – if you're just trying to pop views or whatever, it don't – I think people want to see that happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it will definitely be interesting to see what happens on Impact coming up and MLW. Um, but can we uh, get, good can, stuff. Can we get the uh, the real one Enzo versus Jim Cornette in a promo battle? Because that's what the world actually needs. How you doing? <laughs> Bada boom, smartest guy in the room. Oh, man. 
could you imagine Cornette <laughs> and Enzo? Just God. Just having a conversation would be hilarious. I think it would go down like other conversations from Mr. Um, Mr. Cornette <laughs> people. Uh, remember Only Sammy Callahan like... in MLW? Uh, that was always, that was fun. Sammy <laughs> yeah. came out and threw a drink in his face and then Cornette quit after wanting to fight him. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only reason I brought up Cornette, because MLW, he was the uh, commentator for old fans out there listening, or older listeners. We've talked Back about when that. they had uh, Tony Schiavone as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He was working for MLW. That was the first wrestling gig he got into um, in years, was MLW. So, Corpower's doing some cool stuff. Like I said, I love it because it gives me a Lucha Underground meets ECW feel. And I think that that's very appreciated uh within the industry i'm just uh i'm kind of sad because originally we're going to get this crossover right yeah of mlw and nxt and they talked about we talked about this on the show before and gabe sapolsky was supposed to be spinning off his own brand and i thought that was going to be court bauer and and gabe sapolsky putting together these crossover shows would have been absolutely amazing Sucks. It's well, never going to happen now. Vincent Kennedy McMahon shut that down. Damn MLW for trying to go to Pluto TV because they're affiliated with Fox. Like, what the fuck? And they didn't even end up going with them. Vince is a fucking hey. crazy asshole. <laughs> that Prawn Breaker character, though, he's pretty good. Well, let's go over that real quick. I want to go over um, NXT Halloween Havoc. We'll give our predictions. And just... Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Like Raw, NXT is going to be covered less. It's just, it's changed a lot. We'll do some highlights if anything big happens. Like, we'll go over the next show because it's Halloween Havoc. But don't expect us to put that much detail into it. I love what's going on with SmackDown and Dynamite. They're my two favorite shows. Um, I, I, We don't cover stuff that I actually like watching. Sometimes we do, like with MLW, like with Ring of Honor. Uh, impacts hit or miss. Um, but God damn raw. Now they're about to get a completely roster change. So let's see what happens. But NXT has become abysmal. Chris, if it wasn't for, I don't know, Odyssey Jones, definitely Braun breaker, who I think is going to get that title. And, you know, cause I'm Italian over here, fucking Tony D'Angelo and a couple other people. I just don't give a fuck about that show. I, it definitely has like a 1992 Saturday, what was it? What did they call it? Saturday night? Superstars. Uh, yeah, it's superstars feel to it is is the best way to put it. Uh, I don't know. Braun Breaker's fucking great though. <laughs> like that guy. I'm I'm not gonna say it because I said I was never gonna say it on this show. But uh, yeah, that's a superstar right there, eh? He's he's fucking great, and uh, the fans. They, they, I like that the fans, even in the building, disregard that his name is Braun Breaker and are doing the bark chants and stuff. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's great. Um, he's well, the incredible. fact that he also, he's doing, he's doing the Steiner line, he's doing the Steiner recliner, he's doing the fucking, uh, I mean, it's, it's obvious. The, the Frankensteiner. He's fighting Chucky next week. Yeah, just. <laughs> All all around, uh, Braun Breaker is fucking great. I mean, he's still green, but he's he's fucking great, man. And and everything he does when he runs, like specifically, I always yell about how Jungle Boy runs the ropes. 
uh, yeah, Braun Breaker has disregards for those ropes. He hits them hard as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's to me the highlights of NXT was Braun Breaker. Johnny Gargano was great on the mic. Uh, which I wouldn't expect anything less, and I'd look forward to seeing whatever they put him in. But uh, outside of that, man, the show, Trick Williams was okay, I guess. But outside of that, I there's not a lot of highlights of NXT this week. Like I said, I'll, I'll throw Odyssey in there, but I think it's a slow burn, but I like him as a character, and he's definitely more... He's not as green as some of the other guys there. He's a big dude. Um, but then again, seeing what they did with Keith Lee, the kind of fucking scares me with uh, they can do a big man or uh bronson reed uh for that matter but um hey man you know like i said i, I like i like tony d man you know he comes out there it's like i want johnny the bull and fucking uh you know little guido <laughs> fucking with them or some shit you know just backing his ass up they're both like 45 give him a call man i mean what that what the hell's nunzio <laughs> doing what the fuck but i just love the wrestling is fine he'll get better at that but i love that he p- tries to pay off the referee by giving the money or when Mackenzie Williams in the back was trying to bring up something like, you know, oh, that wrestler disappeared last week and he tried to pay her off. There are people online, Chris, that are complaining that this is a negative stereotype about Italians. And since I'm Italian, I'll speak on behalf of all of us since we all do that. Uh, shut the fuck up. I don't need people that aren't Italian bitching and worrying about if it's a stereotype. Being Italian, I would way rather be associated with mob movies, mobsters, the mob life in general, than fucking Jersey Shore, which killed our credibility for the last 10, 15 years. So take your worries and put it elsewhere, uh, just like I am with mental disorders uh, when it comes to people like, oh, don't do that. We're we're not fragile creatures. We got this. So just fuck off with your, your opinions and go fight something that's actually worth fighting for. Italians, I don't think, find Tony D'Angelo... Uh, disturbing or or as a stereotype it's uh quite stupid if you ask me bada bing i mean uh yeah i was gonna say like uh they're looking at wwe as the place where stereotypes are not gonna happen exactly i mean yeah, i mean <laughs> they literally have morphed becky into fucking conor mcgregor because she's irish <laughs> yes okay it's WWE. It's going to be stereotypes. It's supposed to be over-exaggerated characters. And like you alluded to, um, I, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, a lot of Italian characters are going to be big-time mob bosses. I mean, are you going to go retroactively get mad at the Godfather? Or, like, you know what I mean? Or Casino? No. Do you know how great it's... those movies are? We love Robert <laughs> De Niro and Al Pacino and Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci. <laughs> It's Harvey Keitel. Yeah, it's it's just one of those. It's that's weird. Um, I think he's he's. I have not seen enough of him in the ring. His promos have been okay. Uh, I like him a lot better than the gambling guy. I can't remember his fucking name. Who? Uh, the who? guy, the, the poker. Yeah, who? Who? The poker guy, and also uh, this Joe Gacy thing. I'm done with already. I'm I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I don't think he's helping himself. All right, let's go over this card. There's a lot of stuff I just don't care about. This is like, I know this is a TV one, but Halloween Havoc for the last couple of years, they've had some really good matches, like that Gargano and Damian Priest one from last year that was no, uh, or yeah, no counts anywhere or whatever. That was an awesome match. The last two years of Halloween Havoc have been great. 
here's the card for this one. Um, so the new Silo uh, Soka, or well, no, no, it's uh, it's goddamn, it's Polynesian Sokoa. Solo Sokoa, who has just, I think, been in vignettes as of lately. Uh, he's got a to be announced person, so it'll probably be someone really riveting and uh, worth not talking about, Chris. Um, what? What? What is this? Oh, before we before we get in too deep into the Halloween havoc, I do want to point out that uh, I love my boy Kashida and Akabinjiro as a tag team. It's incredible. I I, I love them, but <laughs> I, they that that was all fucking Bruce Pritchard with like, okay, you're gonna interrupt him while he's taking a piss in a urinal, and then you're gonna give him back his his Back to the Future gear because you know last couple months Tony or. Uh, Triple H has been trying to make Kushida look more legitimate by giving the title and other gear, but like, let's fuck that. I feel like they're going to turn him into Tai and Kai. Basically, that's what I'm worried. I I'm worried about that also, but that's going to be a great tag team. They're going to be fun to watch, at least in the ring. They're going to be fun to watch. Um, I agree. Which, yeah, the bathroom shit that's weird. <laughs> like you have an entire arena and you chose to do it in the bathroom. <laughs> Well, PP is funny. Remember, Vince laughs at that, and Bruce knows he does. It's yeah. funny. It's people love PP jokes. That's right. Forgot about that. Yeah, because we're five. All right, next match: MSK, Nash Carter, and Wesley, the tag champions, who are babyface as fuck. We're doing great in Impact, and now we're getting booed out of the building. Are going against Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel. We've seen this match before. I guess you keep it on MSK. I feel like maybe you should throw it and try to put them in a different direction. But Imperium, I don't see that being that amazing of a change. So it's a spin the wheel, make a deal match that they'll put, do at the beginning of it. But um, uh, this should be a good match, Chris. I just don't really care about it. I'm sure it'll be a really great match. Also, Wade Barrett buried the hell out of this will. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> but he was like, does it really matter if it's random? <laughs> There's no advantage <laughs> to anyone if you're spinning a random wheel. Ugh. I was just like, ah, he's, he's not, not he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would point that out on commentary or whatever. Um, it's yeah, kind of no, like CM Punk when he uh, uh, was like, that's that's clearly FTR. And like Tony's like, oh, uh, you know, I, I, is it? It's like, yeah, look at them. I don't know if he was supposed to do that either. <laughs> But I love that shit. It's funny. It's funny. But then looking at it, like now you're building up a pay-per-view. Um, MSK, though, I heard Vince is super high on them. The tag team. Dude, Did they're great. This? But yeah, and, and they're good, man. They're great tag team. I've watched them in Impact as the Rascals for a while with Trey. Uh, I, the audience, for some reason, fucking hates them, though. They got that I mean, Cody heat, Chris. I think that makes no sense. I, I, I guess they're just getting heat because NXT is bad right now. So they'd rather watch, I don't know, Vaughn Wagner. Oh, God. Poor Kyle O'Reilly, by the way. We'll be seeing the Undisputed Era show up soon on fucking AEW is all I got to say. Yeah. They already got two of them. They already got two of them. Uh, which would be I mean, awesome, honestly. They've also they've narrowed that audience even further down from what it originally was. I don't know if you noticed that, but there's like three or four rows of seats. 
Is it just me? Am I crazy? Or is it just because the building looks different? But the old full sale crowd and they got they got behind a bunch. They got behind the Braun Breaker match and the, the Ciampa Breaker match um, on this. The what we were talking about beforehand, the NXT show. But uh, doesn't that crowd seem small? Is it just the way they set the building up now or? I don't know. Are they are they no, it hiring does. people like Bischoff used to to come watch WCW <laughs> kind of thing? And Universal, or, yeah, or TNA. Um, exactly, TNA. This the, the audience reminds me of like circa what 2006 TNA. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's fucking weird. It really is. Uh, let's, let's move on to the next match. This one I'm confused and kind of concerned about because of the bump that happened. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, the champions. This is a, uh, a ladder match, triple threat tag for the belts. They're going against Indy Hartwell and, uh, Persia, uh, Perota, uh, Indy's, uh, best friend now. Why the fuck? Okay. I, I gotta say this. Why are they pretending that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae gave birth to Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell. Like, they're now, like, legitimately their children. Not, like, adopted or part of this family stable. They literally, when Johnny was going back and forth, said, my son-in-law for my daughter. And I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And then Dexter Loomis came up and beat the shit out of that guy. But, uh, God, this shit's gotten silly and stupid. I can't wait to see Johnny in a different place, because I think that's bound to happen. His shit's up in fucking November. I, I thought Johnny was great in the promo based on what they were going to give him, but the same thing. I, at first, I thought he was talking about like uh, Johnny's unborn child. Because in his. Yeah. Life, I was like, this is a weird fucking turn for a promo. I was like, wow, that's, that's odd. And I was like, oh, he means like he adopted them as part of their little family crew or whatever but they did a terrible job of explaining it so uh yeah whatever i mean give gargano lines i guess you can deliver them you i thought he was great the promo and it was funny he to is. see loomis just show up and whip ass <laughs> at the end. he's definitely gotten more over i think even with me the last i don't know month and a half than he was for the duration of time building that since he started um, I, I think I think the wedding helped him immensely. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I I mean that's a cool angle. If if anytime someone speaks ill ill of Indy Hartwell, he just shows up and whips ass. <laughs> that's that's funny. I mean that's a good. I mean I don't know that that's what I would do with Johnny Gargano, but uh, at least they're continuing the storyline because a lot of times like the wedding would just be the end because it's WWE. It's like oh okay it's over and and sending Austin Theory to the main and etc. But uh, so at least they're yeah. trying to continue it. Well, like I said, Io and Zoe are going to be going against Indy Hartwell and her friend uh, Persia Pirota, and they're going to be going against who I thought would probably pick up the belts from Io and Zoe. It's still listed as a match. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane Toxic Attraction. But we saw that really bad bump with JC Jane where she got caught in the ropes trying to do a dive and fucked herself up. And apparently she was in the back uh, not doing as well as they wanted her to. So I don't know the situation where even though Mandy is in 
the match against Raquel for the women's championship, she does this to make herself look tougher, or they just take toxic attraction out of the picture for now. Uh, but it, I don't know. I don't know if maybe she isn't as injured as I thought she was, but that did not look like a good spot And the reports afterwards. Weren't good either. I could see this becoming a, uh, you know, just EO and Zoe going against Indy and, uh, and, uh, Persia and then EO and Zoe winning, or I could see them saying, all right, Mandy, you're doing double duty. Cause I, that's happened in the past. And then we'll go from there. But you, you, you know what spot I'm talking about, right? Where she just ate shit. Yeah, she like bounced off the ropes, was going to go do a tope, I guess, or or suicide dive, whatever you want to call it. And for whatever reason, she just kind of stagger stepped and stopped and then dove and caught her foot on the rope and just ate shit. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I could put it. Am Fell I on her head, I think. Yeah. No, she did. And uh, she bounced back up so everything seemed okay and then we, we went to commercial and came back and she was just gone <laughs> uh yeah she which, took that one bump with uh with Gigi where eo came out and did a flip and then they went to break and yeah she was gone after that she was pulled from the match also fuck you wwe not every first name and last name has to start with the same letter have you noticed this gg braun breaker <laughs> like like, go through the list of the women's division. Bianca Belair. Like, why is everything the same letter? <laughs> like, is that... Did they do, like, some kind of study or something? They put everyone in... Anyways, uh, I don't Probably. know. Probably. EO, uh, uh... Apparently, that match was rehearsed because it was being taped, right? And uh, when that happened, they just had to go to... Uh, from a three-way match to a two-person match, and EO just carried the shit. And I like the finish. Big moonsault. It's good. Uh, so do you see in this triple threat, uh, well, even if it becomes one-on-one, I, I guess EO and Zoe are probably going to win. Unless JC is okay, then I feel like her and Gigi might win. I just could see, even though I don't... I love... I like Priscilla Kelly. I like Gigi Dolan. I think she's a great wrestler. JC Jane, no offense to her, but she's green as fuck. And Mandy, she's got brown hair now. Um, but I could see, because it's fucking Vince, them winning, if JC's okay, over EO and Zoe and over Indy in Persia, and then also Mandy beating Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. I'm actually predicting that unless, like I said, JC Jane's out of the match now and they got to go with EO and um, Zoe to set up that match for later when she comes back. So did they set up a weird ladder match, or is that just me? Did I make that no, up? No, they. That, that's that's what I'm saying. It's a triple threat uh, ladder match. It's supposed to be EO and Zoe, the champions, going against Indy yeah. and Persia, and then Toxic Attraction. But JC Jane might be taken out of that because she got injured during this. So uh, they haven't announced that, but I have no idea. But it's it's for the title. It's for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. So. Okay, so is it three versus three, or is it just everyone versus everyone? <laughs> I'm confused. It's is it... three tag teams. It's uh, it's Indian and Zoe who are the champs, or or EO and Zoe who are the champs going against Indy Hartwell and uh, Persia Perota going against Toxic Attraction, which is Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I'm just saying there's a good chance JC Jane might be taken out of that match, and they might be down that tag team. 
who I think potentially could be the ones winning that um, or originally before this injury happened. But how does... Okay, well, I, I don't... Honestly, I don't care. I think Yu is probably going to win. I'm just going to go with that. So you're going with Io Shirai and, and, and Zoe Starks retaining? Yeah. I, I forgot it was the tag titles, <laughs> to be honest, because... God, man. Uh, bad booking, I guess. I, yeah, I'm going to say Io retains. And also, why would you put these people in a ladder match after that giant botch that happened? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if Toxic Attraction is going to be taken out of the match. Do you shove someone like Ember and Moon in there? Like, who would you get to backfill? Fill, I guess. If you, if you're gonna, if you still want the same match, uh, that's what I was saying. Either take them out, Yo. Even if if Toxic Attraction. I could see them going over, but if J.C. Jane's hurt, either take them out altogether and then EO and Zoe win, and they can do that, that match later to put over Toxic Attraction, or Toxic Attraction, I'm assuming, wins, or Mandy can do double duty and then go in in this match with Gigi Dolan and then have her match with Raquel Gonzalez, possibly. That's what I yep. was thinking. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's just weird that there's so much buildup on the uh, women's division or tag division, I guess, in NXT. Can't complain about it, but uh, who is the there's women's... There's not a lot of great tag teams. Yeah, who's the women's uh, title holder right now in NXT? Uh, Raquel Gonzalez. But she's also in this match. No. Or, no, she's not. Okay, I'm so confused. Um uh, so I can start I, I, sending right. you links more if you need me to. <laughs> no, no, hold on. So, but that's what it's going to build to because she was the tag champion before, right? So double champion kind of thing. No, I mean she was the, the tag champion with uh, what's her name, um, the one who screwed her over. That's another thing. There's this new women vignette that's going to be premiering at this thing and you can hear their voice but it's distorted but it's definitely a woman and she's in a graveyard i'm like what the fuck are they doing <laughs> i i think i'm just trying to figure out <laughs> so after this tag the entire women's division is wrapped up in this tag tag thing right so is there going to be a women's title match on the show for halloween havoc yeah, it's it's Mandy Rose and Raquel Gonzalez. Oh God, I forgot about Mandy. Okay, all right. <laughs> I will guide your cock if you let me, Christopher. I promise. Yeah, thank, thank you, sir. Uh, I forgot about that. Okay, that makes more. I, it makes a little more sense to me. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes a little more sense. Like, <laughs> every every woman they have in NXT is in this tag match, so. Like you said, whoever wins the tag match, you would think would also be going for the title just because they have everyone wrapped up in this tag match. Well, they have just three tag teams in the in the uh, tag match. Yeah, that's six female wrestlers on the NXT roster. Outside of those six, who would you put up against Raquel? Even if Mandy Rose won, who who's the next person? It's going to be someone from one of those tag teams, right? Um, even though she lost, I guess we can finally try to see if Taya Valkyrie can climb uh, to number one. But she lost against Raquel their last match, which I thought was stupid. Um, who do you think is winning between Raquel and Mandy? I mean, this is Vince McMahon and, and Bruce Pritchard. 
So I, I feel mean, like Mandy's getting Mandy that title. Yeah, I feel like they've been trying to push Mandy for forever, but I don't think it's going to happen at this point. So, yeah, she'll probably win the title, but that sucks for Raquel. Yep, and what do you do with her after that? Um, well, hopefully don't send her to Maine and uh, put her in a tag team with Nia Jax. That, <laughs> that would be oh, tragic. God. Well, they had that going back uh, uh, good for themselves because they were finally starting to use Shayna Baszler right, and then she lost a fucking dewdrop in the Queen's tournament. God damn it. Um, last match, Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa, Braun Breaker. I think we've already said. I love Tommaso. He's great. He was great in this role, but Braun Breaker, I think you need to put the title on him and let him kind of do a new era of NXT. Negative 2.0. Yeah, I mean, right now he is the guy. He's the standout. I know they want the Von Wagner guy to be the guy, but uh, every time that Braun Breaker kid gets in the ring, it's good. It's good stuff. I loved um, they were playing off how Ciampa is a vet. And he would go get the tag, and Braun was getting the shit kicked out of him or beating up two dudes. Actually, that's probably more accurate. So he was never there for the tag. And then, like, uh, when Ciampa finally got the tag after, like, three tries, he just slapped the wholesale shit out of Braun Breaker for the tag. It's a good buildup for the batch, you know? It's, it, I mean, it's old. It's, it's an old trope, but I, I like this Braun Breaker. This Rex Steiner kid. I'm not calling him Braun Breaker anymore. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> Rex Steiner. That kid's got Rex something. Steiner. Uh, well, he's such a throwback to both his uncle and his dad, obviously, but he does give me shades to early, early John Cena and also a little bit of Goldberg in more of a positive way um, than that comparison might be taken. No, I can see what you're saying, though. Um, he does. The, but you know what I mean? Sometimes comparing yeah. to Goldberg's not a good thing. You got yeah. like a Ryback. Yeah, well. Well, also, he's way better than Ryback. Ryback had, like, two years to figure his shit out. So, uh, <laughs> I love when he, he does exactly. that cross, the jump off the top, cross body block, uh, power slam. It's just perfect. There's so many shades of, like, his awesome. dad and, and Scott. Uh, the Steiner recliner. I mean, it's great. And the fans are barking. Just call him fucking Rex Steiner. Like, <laughs> the fans know. <laughs> Once the fans know the name doesn't matter, I know they're really weird about naming right now uh, because of AEW, but Jesus. We want to own but, the rights. But him and Ciampa, uh, I guess we'll know what the will spin is, but that'll be interesting. Yep. All right. Uh, let's did you move like on, the, man. Did, did you like that Ciampa called him champ in the promo? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll follow your lead and slapped him hard on the back and was like, champ. I thought that was great. I mean, it's just like one throw off line, but I thought it was great. Ciampa's amazing. Ciampa is amazing, man. I just hope he doesn't get, like I said, I'm always going to be worried. I feel like there is a good chance Johnny might stay, but there's a good chance Johnny might leave. But I'm going to be worried about Roderick Strong. I'm going to be worried about Kyler Riley. I mean, uh, no offense to the diamond mind. I, I love their manager and you know the brothers they're 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 a rough and tough tag team two ex-wrestlers the uh the lady that's in the diamond mine i forget what her name is she looks physically imposing but roderick even though he's a cruiserweight champion i feel like it's a consolation prize 
Johnny, we've already talked about it. Kyle O'Reilly is, I guess, going to be tag teaming with Von Wagner. I mean, I feel like it's only a matter of time before they're cleared out, <laughs> try to conform into coaches, or fucking they leave after their contract's done. I thought they were practicing for fighting Walter because they were just uh, chopping wood all day. Just <laughs> is that is that what is that where the storyline is going? <laughs> who's the good old boy tag team? I really like those two guys. The ones that like started in a bar fight that was caught on security camera, and then they became buddies afterwards. I forgot their fucking names, the, but they're the bar. <laughs> no, one of oh, them. You mean older? Two southern older. boys. One of them is uh is oh god dang it the bald guy that was in Right to Censor and uh, uh, Bull Buchanan's son. Um, yeah, they're they're whatever. NXT's so, abysmal. So, Let's move on so to something better. A- APA 2.0, <laughs> I guess. Sure, sure. We're we're leaving NXT now. They're they're going to be in the background. Island is. Oh oh oh! What can't you, see it anymore. You, how? So we're gonna have to like. All right. Let's talk about this wheel. Right, because eight matches on this show, right? It, that's what they are, they're predicting, right? Eight matches. I don't remember. I don't have the list in front of me anymore. Oh, okay, okay, it doesn't matter. But uh, they they've done one wheel spin, which is the women's ladder match or the tag ladder match or whatever. Uh, <laughs> the wheel I believe is in that match, and it's also in the final match between Braun Breaker and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. The spin the wheel, make a deal. So, okay. That's what I was going to ask. Is it to spin the wheel, make a deal? I mean, the wheel is gimmicked anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, that, uh, I don't know. What is we have been on, in the land. We, we have been in the land of NXT for far too long. I think we're sinking. But let's here, go to Japan here, where the goodness is. Here, here's a real question for you, though, before we leave. What kind of match do you want to see Braun Breaker and Chomp in? I don't care as long as it's good and Braun Breaker wins. <laughs> I don't give a shit. So just a normal ass wrestling match, okay? Yeah, Let's have it land on. I mean, it could be false count anywhere, and that's fine if that's the case. But Braun Breaker needs to win that, and I just hope that Champa really brings him to a good first, you know, pay per view match. I guess. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just, I was, I was just curious on what your thoughts were because of the stupid wheel thing. Fucking <laughs> like, wheel's so dumb. Like, are they gonna let Champa retain because it's a like a weird no DQ kind of thing, and he's gonna beat the shit out of Broadbreaker with like I don't a, know, man, crutch or something. I'm, I'm wondering who shows up maybe afterwards after Broadbreaker if he gets that title off of Champa. Does someone make their presence known? But I don't even I don't know who the hell they would have in their pocket to fucking debut. Um, I I have no idea. I'm still also pissed off that I don't like the Gacy bullshit, and I really don't like that the Parker Bardot, who's now what the fuck's his name Warrant or some shit Holden. Uh, I don't remember. Well, he's Gene now his bald, weird guy. Yeah, exactly. What the hell? Instead of instead of taking advantage and having him not build up as Brock Lesnar, but more on that type of destructive guy, they're trying to make him like a giant Uncle Fester or some shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> That's so terrible. Um, all right, what? I mean, it's going to be a good match either way. I was just curious if uh, 
to me, I think Ciampa might end up just just winning that match because they're going to throw a bullshit stip on it. There's a good, of, that there's a good chance they extend this man and keep on going with it, which is fine with me too. But yeah, but, but the only problem with Braun is like, where does he go, Von Wagner, after this? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't think Von Wagner's him and him and Kyle seem like they're going to be a tag team, um, so, a mismatch tag team going forward. So you bring Joe back, I guess. You could bring Joe. Maybe get Walter to come over here for a while. Dude, Walter versus Braun Breaker would be great. <laughs> That's I'm what in. I'm saying. I'm that, in for that. <laughs> that would be really cool. That would be definitely something. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, but, we can move forward. Sorry, I didn't mean to get us uh, off on a tangent. It's just the wheel thing. The wheel. The wheel. Spin the, the wheel, wheel, make a deal. A fortune. What's that? What's what's the match? The the coal miners glove. I hope that happens for both of them. <laughs> what if they get like spin the wheel and it's like a monster's ball match? <laughs> Do you think that like when that happened with Jake and Sting, like they're like, what the fuck's a coal miners match? It's like I don't know. Jake was out in the alley doing some shit and he came in and told us that we should add it to it. Um, <laughs> Sounds cool. I mean, that's like that's like Dusty Rhodes being like it's a bunkhouse brawl or whatever the hell you baby let me let me just tell you baby all right you, you're just gonna be doing it man it's a coal miner glove man baby you gotta Jesus. get a coal miner glove on your hand you gotta put it down the other man's face baby if you will you gotta put it down Mother that his face baby just make sure they can't breathe baby Oh God! Uh, Mick Foley would be the champion of coal miner glove match if that was what the rules were god damn um G1, man. Uh, I watched the semifinal matches. I watched the finals. I haven't been able to get a chance to watch some of the other matches since the beginning of it, but I think this kind of goes uh, a tale of how much it sucks right now for Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. Tetsuya Naito hurt himself in the first match, was taken out for the rest of it. Uh, they basically had to give buys to everyone. And then Kota going all the way to the finals against Okada and then hurt himself, uh, knocked his shoulder out of um, out of socket. And apparently they were trying to put it back in the socket uh, during the commotion after the ref stopped it. Uh, we don't know if Kotobushi was supposed to win that G1 tournament. We have no idea. Uh, and just the, the look of concern on both Shingo Takagi, who was outside doing commentary at the ring, and him looking at Okada like, oh, shit. And Okada looking just very concerned for Kota Ibushi. It's been a really rough time for Kota in this pandemic, you know, and post-pandemic era. Um, I mean, he loses the belt after a very short reign. Uh, then he goes on to uh, hurt himself. Then he gets COVID and has some bad uh, effects from that. Takes a while to come back. And now he's back, has a great performance in the G1 tournament. And knocks his shoulder out. And I think I'm assuming this is the first time, Chris, where the finals of the G1 tournament um, had to go to a referee stoppage. It's the only time I can remember, unless they did it on purpose. Um, yeah, it was crazy because they, they, after he dislocated his shoulder, they're, like you said, Okada was concerned. The ref was concerned. Red Shoes stopped, stopped the fight. 
uh, and then they also trimmed the ropes. I don't know if you noticed that, but they like took all the ropes down. So I thought something way worse had happened. Uh, but it wasn't like a like a thing that Okada did, like not catching a guy. Okada just moved out of the way for a move, and Bushi just landed bad. I I mean that's the only way to put it because that's what happened in the match. Uh, the G1 tournament in itself, outside of the sadness of Abushi getting hurt, but uh, Jeff Cobb, absolute fucking monster. Takagi, absolute <laughs> monster. And uh, if Naito doesn't get hurt, I feel like they were definitely setting up for Naito and Abushi to lead into the final against uh, Okada. That that would have been my best guess of what they were going to do, which didn't happen that way. I heard. So. I heard Zach also had a really good G one tournament. Yeah, he was great. Um, specifically, I think I sent you a link earlier for him and uh, Takagi. I think right. You did. I haven't got a chance to uh, check it out, but um, yeah. I mean, I kind of want to talk about the semifinals. Uh, especially because of Jeff Cobb, but we'll go with the uh, Kota Ibushi-Kenta match, which was hard-hitting as hell. You can say what you will about Kenta. He might not be the most... Um, the pace of the match was ridiculous. It really... if I would actually say if someone is an MMA fan, don't like wrestling, if you showed them something like this, they might be caught off guard just because of how hard Kenta hits. Uh, he might not have as much finesse. He's not pretty, but his striking and them brawling on the outside, Kota Ibushi doing his thing where he comes back at the end of it. And that spot where he looked like I knew they weren't going to do it. And when they went through the table, it was a fucking gnarly spot spot anyways. And then of course, after Kenta goes through it, Kota Bushi goes to the top of the fucking rope and does a splash on top of him to the outside, just gnarly as hell, but setting up Kota Bushi sets up the fucking uh, table. Uh, he looks like he's going to do what he's done to Naito inside the ring to Kenta but actually to the opposite, to the outside through this table of getting up on the middle rope and taking Kenta and suplexing him through the fucking table. Thank God they did not do that and do not try to give Tetsuya Naito and, and Kota Ibushi any fucking plans for trying that in the future is what I would have to say, but very hard-hitting. Yeah, now I can only think of Naito and, and Abushi trying to do that spot. Every time you say that, it makes me scared, but also excited. Uh, it was a great match. I mean, a, this entire G1 was, I, I would think, better than the last two years. There's a lot of good matches on this one. Mostly because Takagi, uh, Takagi and uh, Okada and uh, Tanahashi, they just... They turned up in a different way this year. Yeah. And then you were talking about it. Jeff Cobb, Okada had a ridiculous wrestling match. Jeff Cobb, to me, a lot like Dr. Death, Steve Williams in all Japan. Um, just a monster. The amount of strength. I think that he even does, maybe as a nod to it, the power slam into the turnbuckle, flip it around, slam him on the ground. Because I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Dr. Death used to do. But that tour of the island spot where he tried to do it off the top rope, Okada reversed it into a DDT at the last second, was fucking ridiculous. And he's never been able to get the, uh, the uh, whatchamacallit, 
oh, the Rainmaker on him. And he was finally able to do it towards the end, and that won the match. But I just love the setup, the double uh, fucking tombstone in which the first one looked like he just dropped Okada on his head, picked his ass up, did it again, uh, didn't get the match. But he never was able to complete the Tour of the Islands, which has always been his go-to to finish. Um, you know, Okada got out of it every single time. Both these guys, but especially Okada's stamina is ridiculous. Um, just a really fucking good match, man. Jeff Cobb, he's a future champion. Oh, man. Uh, I could see him as a future champion for sure. He looked great in this entire G1. He went, uh, 10 and 0, right? 9 and 0 or whatever leading up to the final block. It was, it was him and Okada and what a hell of a match. And uh, before we got on the podcast, I was talking about <laughs> the way that Okada took this first tombstone. He put oh. his uh, he put his hands and and forearms down to bounce himself off the mat. But it looks like if you watch it, it looks like he just got dropped on his head. <laughs> it gets picked up again for the three sixty. Uh, it gets dropped, which is great because that's you know that's uh that's a good shout out to Okada kind of like I'm taking your move. Um, I honestly thought Jeff was going to win the match while I was watching. I was like, Oh shit, they might actually give it to Jeff Cobb. Cause I thought Abushi might win the tournament uh, yeah. at that, at the point of watching all this stuff. But uh, when he hit that fucking rainmaker, it's always out of nowhere. It's always so goddamn beautiful. Uh, <laughs> God is the best. Jeff Cobb is great, but <laughs> dude, Okada's drop kicks and elbow drops are some of the best. Period. It's 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 picture perfect. It's the picture perfect uh, drop kick. He hits that thing, and it's it's what you want to like freeze frame every time you look at it. It's like God damn, how did he even get his body? It's like a video game character. <laughs> with Okada sometimes and he sold like I would say like 70% of that match it was Okada selling to Jeff Cobb um, yep but I mean that's what makes Okada great man it's, it's a fucking great match watch that watch the Shingo uh that watch the, that first Takagi match um the match with Jeff Cobb and Okada oh uh Tana, the Tanahashi, Tanahashi match the Night two Tanahashi match, night two, night three Tanahashi match. It's good. It was, it was a good tournament, man. I was honestly surprised. Also Shibata, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think Shibata's going to end up in a real match like he's saying he is? I, I mean, who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him no? <laughs> That's the, you're going to have to go. New to Japan Pro Wrestling, maybe. Like, <laughs> I we don't want you to die in the ring. Well, the Minoru Suzuki is going to have to go tell him that he's not able to wrestle anymore. <laughs> you better send, you better send a tough son bitch tell him he's not going to wrestle anymore, because uh, I think Shibata, <laughs> he really wants to get back in the ring. It was, it was a weird little five minute thing, but it was great. Like I liked it a yeah. lot. He took zero bumps, and and Shibata afterwards, he promised he was like. Next time you see me in the ring, it'll be a real match. So uh, the only person I would say, and I'm sure he would try his best to be safe. They're best friends. I know we don't have an ending to Kenta and Shibata with the stuff they set up beforehand. 
But Kenta is one of the most, even for his side, one of the most hard-hitting, stiff wrestlers. I don't know if I want to see him in the match with fucking Shibata at all, if they do that. I don't know how you get there, but Tanahashi and Shibata, that would be... Very, very safe match. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I I, I would say that about Okada, but (laughs) that's the match he got injured in by his own volition. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's still a great match, too, until that ending. Yes, it's just fucking crazy to even think about. Like, he hurt himself. That's, it's one of those weird times in wrestling where you look at it and it's like, he actually hurt himself. Like, also, Shibata is a man of steel, apparently. Superman over here. Okada, or Okada. He, he hits that headbutt so hard. Okada's just Ugh. like, are you, are you all right, bud? <laughs> like, it Jesus sucks. Jesus Christ, that's, that thud. It's one of the like grossest things I've ever heard in a wrestling match. Watching a wrestling Ugh. match, I, I've seen the Hayabusa injury. I've seen some other Ugh. sick injuries. Uh, that one specifically, because it's a guy's brain, I was just like, man, he's not going to be right after that. Especially the way he fell. It, it was just... It was rough. But, uh, hey, co- man. If... Daniel Bryan can come back and Christian maybe he's in the hyperbolic chamber uh, Dragon Ball Z style wasn't that what uh, Daniel Bryan was doing and Christian and Edge were doing I'm going to say it now Bryan Danielson needs to go to Japan like he wants to and fight Shibata because he'll be safe and they can have a good match at Wrestle Kingdom there you go there's there's my hope that'd be a good match they could just strike each other and everyone will pop it doesn't matter like, Shibata has to take zero bumps for that match. Yeah, and just go to the ground a bunch and shit like that. They both can reverse it, strike each other, you know. That's a very good safe person that can still fucking go to 10 if they need him to. Um, and it's just a good story. Both of them coming back and having a match in Japan. I mean, Okada versus Shibata is also a good story. Because <laughs> if you want to turn <sighs> Okada heel, you could be like, last time we were in the ring, I almost killed you. Are you sure you want to do this again? Kind of thing. You could build a storyline. I don't know, man. Look, if Shibata says he's going to have one more match, I'm going to just buy that he's having one more match. Uh, I think it will be at <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom 2, though. I think if that's going to happen, it's probably going to be at the biggest show, which is three nights this time. Is, am I right about that? It's like uh, the second, third, and the fourth of January, I want to say. So Jesus, two, three three nights, yeah, or at least two nights, because they did two nights last year and the year before, so at least two nights. But I, I think there's a third night they were talking about adding. Um, Maybe it's the New, Year, uh, New Year's Dash show that I'm thinking of, which is their follow-up one that they do. But I could have sworn that... Um, uh, whose podcast was I listening to? And I thought they said that. But either way, the question to you... You know, kind of going back around, obviously, great match. Very similar to Shibata with Okada, but obviously a different outcome. But great match with Okada and, and Kota Bushi until that ending. Sucks for Kota. We'll see what happens. Uh, Kata's already talked about wanting to give him another match, maybe even putting the briefcase on the line. But Tamatanga beat him, and he kind of brought that up. So I don't know what they're going to do up until Wrestle Kingdom. But I think it's going to be Shingo Takagi, Kazuchika Okada. Do you keep it on Shingo and make him look that much stronger? Or do you put it back on the Rainmaker? 
I feel like this is a question every fucking year, Chris. Uh, at this point, you put it back on the Rainmaker, right? I think so. Takagi's beaten him three times. So you have to give, I mean, if you, unless, now, unless Abushi is healthy and you give us like a really good match and he wins the briefcase so that Okada is not in the mix, but he has to beat Takagi. Otherwise, it's like, uh, he's basically Kenny Omega. (laughs) He can't beat Takagi or whatever, which is kind of the storyline. I, I would love for Okada to win it and just immediately bring back the old title. Like, I never lost it. <laughs> and I think he would. I think he's already hinted at that, of wanting the old championship belt. Yeah, he he's not a fan of this uh, IW or NJPW World Heavyweight Women's Belt. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. It looks like the Divas belt. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens in New Japan. Not the greatest ending, obviously, and we hope that Kota Bushi gets better. But G1 tournament's always a huge thing within wrestling every year, and we were happy they were able to do it. So, yeah, there you go. Well, the only thing I would say about if Takagi retains, which might be a plan, would Okada is coming to America. And if that's the case, I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, because he has no one else to fight. Like, he's beaten everyone except for Takagi. If he loses Takagi, he can come over here. He can go against... We've talked about this on end. Uh, Moxley, you know, Brian, um, Hangman. That would be a great match. If I good G1. I don't know if it would be the greatest match, but um, recently... Uh, CM Punk was on um, AW All Access and someone said, we know that you have a bunch of future matches with the AW roster that you want to do, but what is one Japanese talent if you got to face them? And he said, well, I mean, that's an easy answer. He was like, obviously, there's plenty of guys in AW that I want to go against and have matches with, but I do want to go against Kenny because I feel like he's a measuring stick in the industry right now. Um and I feel the same way about Kazuchika Okada. He goes, Tanahashi would probably be second. And of course, I'd love to have a match against Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, a lot of the guys from New Japan. But Okada is the biggest measuring stick in wrestling outside of AEW. So that's who he said. So maybe that – do you think that would be a good match, CM Punk versus Kazuchika I Okada? I mean – It would be a great match. Because Okada yeah. will be able to work around whatever CM Punk's limitations are. And and they will just make a very good match. And CM Punk has years of WWE. It'll, it'll probably be slow. But that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad match. That that would be a fucking great match. So I'm excited I, if, that, if, if he comes over here. He's got plenty of people to go against. And then, of course, all of us want to see him against Kenny Omega again. But this time on AEW's stage. And and that's the only hesitation I have for predicting him to win the title is, are you going to pull the trigger on that? Because that's like New Japan has suffered a lot this year as far as money goes. And that would be the way to recoup money is like, let's do that Kenny Omega match. Um, even if it's not title versus title, that I mean, that's a money ass match. People people are going to tune in for that one. 
was it the four that would be four i guess <sighs> i mean the only other i mean the only other match that they would have in their back pockets tanahashi versus omega yeah Which and we t- know that they love each other <laughs> yeah, they, just, they <laughs> love working together it's crazy because tanahashi is like the nicest guy ever but he hates kenny or at least in storyline he hates kenny who knows he Maybe he's best friends with Kenny in real life. Who knows? He he's he said in interviews that I've uh, read. He doesn't say that disparaging of stuff. He just thinks that Kenny's kind of full of himself. And that was back when they were heated between the, Kenny dropping the title to him. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, it's it's always been tumultuous from what I've heard in the in the behind the scenes stuff between their personalities and relationship. But a lot of people kind of put a similarity to Brett and Sean where they respect each other, but they just don't like each other sort of thing. Yeah. I've heard the same thing, but I always thought it was a buildup for another match. And if that's the case, I'm down for that as well. (laughs) Cause 'cause Tanahashi doesn't seem like that guy. Uh, If you had that same thing, if you were like Okada and Omega, that's a little more believable with the Sean Brett comparison, I guess, just because, who who gets overlooked a lot is Omega, especially in Japanese wrestling. If you go into catalogs, etc. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Either way, that would be a great match. <laughs> Tanahashi versus Omega, Okada versus Omega, both both those things would be great. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of want more of the. Uh, I want to see more American Dragon personally, just because I haven't seen. Oh, as far God. as I know, Daniel Bryan versus Okada. There's three Maybe. people. It's Okada, Tanahashi, and then the American Dragon versus Shingo Takagi, the dragon. Like, dragon versus dragon, man. Shingo and fucking Daniel Bryan would have a banger of a match. Yeah, and uh, but, but to answer your original question, would CM Punk have a good match with uh, Okada? Because <laughs> Okada could have a good match with a fucking stick. <laughs> So what a shoe. Right. I'm sure it'll be a good match. (laughs) I'm sure it'd be a great fucking match. Punk would like, like I said, Punk, uh, he's dialed the style back a lot and it's very good for TV. And I think it would be great. And Okada could work with that. You know, Okada is also good at, uh, slowing it up and, and, and slowing it down and speeding it up when necessary. So that'd be one hell of a fucking match. We're looking, we're maybe looking at uh, all out for next year or something. But uh, let's let's uh, move over to AEW. Actually, let's talk a little bit about Dynamite from last week, and we'll do our predictions for the episode tonight since we're filming on Saturday. They're doing the Saturday shows, but I thought there was some pretty good stuff from last week. Chris, um, CM Punk was on commentary. I got to say, I like Punk a lot on commentary. He's much more subtle. He brings in a lot of good facts and points, and he stays quiet until he should come in, if that makes sense. Um, I just thought that he did a good job, and I like the chemistry between him, Jim Ross, Excalibur, and uh, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, man, uh, are they doing teleportation at AEW? Because that man's in the fucking ring on the commentary booth and going – and doing backstage segments, which obviously I'm kidding. I know that they're pre-recorded, but it got to the point where even like 
CM Punk kind of joked about like, wow, Tony, you got here so quickly, like right after a fucking backstage thing. I love that. Like I said, with that, uh, that other stuff, Punk doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's on commentary. He'll call out FTR. He'll say, hey, Kira Hogan, do you think she's related to Paul Hogan? Oh, I don't think so. Like, I, I really enjoyed uh, <laughs> Punk on commentary. I, I think that he is. He's good, man. He's, he's a lot of fun to have behind there. I love Jericho, but he is a breath of fresh air, kind of, if you're going to have a wrestler commentator. Uh, I wish he would bring the, the suit coat back, though, as they alluded to the first time he was on commentary. <laughs> Where's your sports jacket? He's like, that's the old company. I don't do that here, <laughs> which was hilarious. Uh, he's He's been great on commentary. Also, with the Tony Schiavone stuff, I don't know. The man's a magician, man. Do you see that diamond earring he has? <laughs> That's, that's he's in a tattoo <laughs> yeah motherfucker just said said he's gonna get his first tattoo like he's going with uh brit baker and a bunch of people uh, such an adorable I've, man uh i've seen tony shivani with a tattoo uh it's it was a hog wild 96 97 where he had fake tattoos and the leather vest i see you tony <laughs> oh man Fucking I was, ridiculous i was there for that if you will baby Dusty Rose on commentary. I think, I think, God, I think the Giant went over on Hogan in that match and won the title or the the main event. It's a good, that's a good pay per view. I think Flair has a match with Eddie Guerrero. That's and then you Hog. have Steiner Brothers versus Harlem Heat for the titles too. Yeah, check out that Hog Wild where Tony Schiavone has his sick tattoos and quotations. <laughs> <laughs> Who's nicer? Like, who would win in a nice-off, Chris, between Mick Foley and Tony Schiavone? Mick Foley. If it's just a nice-off, it's got to be Mick Foley. I feel like Tony Schiavone would get drunk enough to get pissed off eventually. <laughs> call him motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. I, I love Tony. That's not that's not hate Tony. But, yeah. I think we love I, you I think... over here at Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Tony. Just yeah, so you know. It's, it's the diamond earring. I think that's how he teleports that you're talking about he just, he just like taps it twice and he goes wherever the fuck he wants all of a sudden yeah. he's in a staircase with ftr or he's like talking to Britt baker it's, it's fucking it's, ridiculous he hits it one time it just immediately goes to Britt baker <laughs> oh man i love tony so much i love that he's like the Britt baker thing i'm glad they didn't kill this because they could have they keep letting it go. And even though she's a terrible person, Tony's like, that's my girl, kind of, <laughs> because he does this interview. And she's being a terrible person. But at the end, when it goes to DMD, he gets a real big smile and goes, DMD, with the same. It's ridiculous. I, I, I also, sometimes I don't like watching interviews with Adam Cole because he's so fucking nice. Like, uh, he was on All Access with this last week with Tony and um, Aubrey Edwards. And, I mean, they just, they went into the whole entire thing. Like, they were joking around at first, but they were like, Tony was like, no, I've, I've been friends with Adam for a while. You know, he's come to all the stuff while he was in NXT with Britt. And he basically told me to keep an eye on her and make sure that she stays safe and doesn't do anything stupid. So, <laughs> he was assigned and called himself like a, a more of like a papa or uncle towards Britt Baker, but... You know, if you get him on a show with uh with uh Conrad, it seems a little bit different. But <laughs> can we, can we get the uh, Mister Stole Your Girl Shivani storyline? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Baker Tony's 
I'm sure Tony's <laughs> wife would really love that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, take care of your football players and then I'll care more. <laughs> All right. The first match on the thing was Malachi Black versus uh, Dante Martin. Dante Martin had uh, Leo Rush in his corner. Um, and I thought I actually liked the story they told. I think that Dante Martin is fucking ridiculous in the ring. He's got so much agility. He reminds me a lot of a young Jeff Hardy, especially positioned the fact that he's with his brother and their tag team. And uh, there was a similarity to the ending. I'll say that right now. Um, but him and Malachi had a great match. And the whole story was Dante's doing too many springboards. And, you know, Leo Rush is telling him not to do something. He goes and does it. There's a reversal because he tried something spectacular instead of just staying on the game. And I like that aspect because Leo Rush kind of was like, I used to do that. But you need to, you need to slow it down. You need to not rely so much on your, 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 your high flying. And I thought that was a cool little wrinkle in the story malachi caught him with a fucking kick and one two three but it gave me an undertaker jeff hardy feel where malachi comes out of the ring he's going up the ramp and then he turns around and gives dante like a smile a slight smile and a little nod like you did a pretty good job kid and i, I like that i also like leo rush saying that like you know dante knows what he did wrong um, we're going to work on it and I'm going to be his tag team partner. So we got stories coming out of this. I really think that along with, I mean, they're doing good with their, their newer wrestlers. Uh, Lee Moriarty, uh, has really impressed me with his match with, uh, Bobby fish. Um, Dante Martin's awesome. You know, uh, Daniel, um, Garcia has been great in his matches. There's, uh, you know, a slop of new guys, uh, coming out there in AEW that's, showing that they even have more younger guys for the future past your quote-unquote four pillars or your powerhouse hobs or whatnot. So uh, good stuff. Love Malachi Black. He's going to have to be an in-betweener, Chris, because I don't think the audience will let him be a heel. And him giving like a little bit of a nod, like a, you did good kid at the end of it, even kind of further went in that direction, I feel. And I don't think that's the wrong way to go with Malachi right now. Cause I mean, the entire title picture is so heavy with Kenny and uh, Brian and jungle boy, et cetera. Like they built that thing up. Malachi being this kind of guy that just whips ass and he's like, I'm sorry. I destroyed your, your fan favorite. Sorry about that. It's getting him over. <laughs> like, he killed Cody and everyone cheered. They're like, huh. if he would have, if he would have roundhouse Rosario Dawson, they would have cheered. I mean, I love Rosario, but <laughs> also fans would pop. Fans would have popped for that. I, he's he's kind of on a different thing. I I love what he's doing with the gimmick. Um, he he has he, he's calmed down with the makeup thing. Because we talked about this where where he was uh it was like almost like a I don't want to say like venom or uh, like Symbian. it was gonna spread. Symbian, it was gonna spread as he became more and more evil, etc. So uh, there's a lot you can do with that character. I think he's very cool. It just you know, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan they kind of overshadow a lot of stuff, and he's made himself unique. And I think the fans are behind him because of that. his entrance. 
How do you go from having one of the best entrances in NXT to having one of the best entrances in AEW, and they're completely different with completely different songs? I mean, metal plus deer antlers. <laughs> Fucking creepy, dude. Like I said, he's going for like a pagan version of what Muda did, you know, with his entrance. I, I love like that this. he's hidden the mist, too. He didn't even need yep. it. You know, like, I, I like a lot about this. I hate calling him Malachi. He should he should have went with Alistair End. <laughs> God damn would've it. Would have been a great name. Which would have been a great name, but uh I'm gonna have to call him Malachi, but uh he's great. They're they're gonna man, there's so many opportunities for him. If, if Hangman wins this belt, which I'm assuming he will, that'll shuffle everything in a way where Malachi can just climb the ladder. And he's gonna be they're building him like a fan favorite favorite like sting like kind yep. of the guy you overlook and you don't overlook but he's never the top guy he's not he's not flair he's not hogan he's not macho man and i think that's why uh you know go back to our childhood or whatever i think that's why like kids and like kids like you and me love sting so much because he was never the guy i mean he was always there but he wasn't the guy he was always chasing. And maybe Malachi is that you could say the same thing about undertaker. Like undertaker was killing motherfuckers, but he wasn't the guy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And honestly, even, uh, one of his, his idols, uh, I, I think that the attraction aspect of the great Muda, um, I, he still didn't win the titles, but he was like, Oh, don't fuck with that guy. Undertaker has the same quality. And he's been learning a lot from Jake Roberts, who I think has that same quality as well, like trying to pick his brain to add aspects of psychology to his promos and also to his in-ring stuff. So you got those three guys that you're trying to kind of take certain things from. And the fact that he's influenced by people like Hayabusa and Jushin Liger and Yuji Nagata, I mean, that's a great package for a very unique wrestler that I wish could have had a fucking match with Finn Balor once. Oh, well, shit happens. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Or AJ Styles. Did he have a match yeah. with AJ? Was it a tag? I don't think I so. Probably some tag shit. Um, I know he had one with Ray, and that was pretty good. Where He lost. He had some, some decent ones with Seth Rollins, <laughs> but Seth Rollins was the Monday Night Messiah during that, so. Ugh. So bad. Dude, shout out to Seth Rollins, though. He nailed it on uh, Crown Jewel. Uh, man, uh. Man, ping pong table spot. Alakai. He's he's gonna be great. Give him a couple years. It's I think that's gonna be a slow burn. I mean, he's gonna always consistently be there, but it's a slow burn until the fans really get behind him. I don't think he can turn him heel, man. I really don't. I think he, he's gonna be baby face for life just because of how WWE treated him. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, we had a, a beatdown of Jurassic Express, uh, basically Luchasaurus. Tony Giovanni in the back, well, be a reoccurring thing, with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and they were talking shit basically about the screwed-up powerbomb uh, and laughing about it. Hey, guys, you lost the match still, though, just to remind you, <laughs> even if there was a messed-up powerbomb. But I'm glad they addressed it, and then Kenny uh, you know, distracted them. Young Bucks came, attacked him from behind, and they put him Luchasaurus through a table, while Adam Cole had, uh, which looks like we're going to have at the next pay-per-view, another Adam Cole-Jungle Boy match. Uh, he had him in a, in a hold so that Jungle Boy was forced to watch 
while they did it. That was a pretty cool angle, and I would bring out Jungle Boy later on. But, um, you know, uh, giving a little bit, taking a fuck up and trying to do something decent with it, I think is what they did, Chris. I think I need to rewatch this and see if if Omega is doing this shit on purpose. Because if so, it's wrestling genius beyond anything we have, we've ever seen. Is he fucking up on purpose to be like, I'm slipping as champion. I've had all these matches. Could be. I'm slowly. If he's doing it, I mean, some of the stuff like the power bomb spot or even that dive spot that he had at the pay-per-view where he went to jump. I've seen him do that a, a million times. Is he fucking it up on purpose? Because he's landing very safely each time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just that good. It's one of those things he put in, put in your mind, I guess. But uh, I, this was great. I thought it was a good promo. I'm not a big Jungle Boy guy, man. I think I'm. I think I'm tired of the Jungle Boy. He's got good ability in the ring, but he can't back it up on the mic. And I think that. I don't think it's helping him with the group he's in, honestly. I think Luchasaurus could be a monster by himself as a heel. Uh, but Jungle Boy needs to... I don't know. He reminds me of his dad, but it's not like a good thing. And his dad I, was I, a pretty damn good actor. I fucking love Luke Perry, and I love Nano Shimano. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's just... With the Jungle Boy thing, the entire thing is weird. You don't want someone. You don't want a direct comparison to your dad. I get it, but uh, what Jr. was trying to get over with the jungle uh, was it uh, Jungle Jack Perry? Jungle Jack Perry. Like he was trying to get him over as being an individual, and now it's just your Jungle Boy and your in Jurassic Express. Um, and if Luchasaurus keeps turning out for these matches as he did at that pay per view, and just. <laughs> He looked great. That's a that's the weird thing is like, do you think that he's do you think that uh, Luchasaurus is actually held back by Jungle Boy? Because to some extent, I think he might be. Because like you said, if you turn him heel, if he becomes carnivorous, gets a like slightly different mask, like cane gimmick or something, and just starts fucking bodying guys, uh, they could do that. I mean, he's great in the ring. Yep, I agree. I would actually maybe pair him up with Aleister Black, um, or Malachi Black, I mean, uh, have him be, you know, take him under his wing and make him darker or something. Sure, why not? I mean, we have the impending of uh, Bray Wyatt at some point. That's another one, true. So His, guess... his shit's up, uh, fuck, next weekend. Afterwards, mm. he can be anywhere showing up after Halloween Havoc. I'm sure they're going to make a bunch of jokes. Probably. I got I got Probably. five bucks on uh, Bray jokes. Which isn't going to work because they have a character with the same gimmick. Unless they give Cameron Grimes a hat and he's like, hey man, straight to the moon. <laughs> Jesus. Whatever happened to Cameron Grimes? He's been off television since they started that shit again. He was at the wedding and then he disappeared. Yeah, well, he's too good for NXT 2.0. Yep. Hey. All right, so. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, it's it, it's baffling. Uh, it, 
there's no need for me to say this. Everyone that's listening to this, that's made it this far <laughs> into the podcast, uh, they they would also agree that that what they're doing with Cameron Grimes is baffling. Just the whole fucking NXT thing is baffling, but, you know, what are you going to do? Inner Circle Reunion. Uh, we had all the guys come out to Judas. Everyone's singing, having a good time. Prior to Powerful are back with them. You know, Sammy Guevara is now the TNT champion. Uh, Jericho starts cutting a promo, and out comes Dan Lambert, an American top team. Lambert gets a shitload of heat. Go away, heat, more than anything, but still heat is heat nonetheless. I mean, he can't even fucking talk. And when Jericho starts getting him to do fat face dipshit, uh, that is a very uh, popular chant in AEW, Chris. Did you uh, happen to hear Jim Cornette talking about Dan Lambert's promos? Yeah, I did. Okay, all right. So he's like, the only thing I would say is he should slow it down. And then this week, Lambert slowed it the fuck down. <laughs> Uh, yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it go go away heat. Uh, that man just has heat. He's that's a heat seeking missile right there. I love Dan Lambert. <laughs> this is why yeah, managers are important. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I got to say is after like all the back and forth, now that I remembered it, um, no offense, Scorpio Sky, I think he's great. Uh, the whole heel concept of doing promos, I don't know if he gets, but he was the last one to cut it and it got a little awkward. I would have given Ethan Page the mic because that's definitely one thing he's pretty damn good at is being a fucking obnoxious heel douchebag. And we really he's been kind of in the background. But, you know, it went back and forth. Jericho made a comment about Paige Van Zant possibly getting in his DMs because, you know, uh, she's always around and her husband got all pissed off. And what did he say? He basically wouldn't do her with uh, her husband's penis. Whew. I was, uh, was pretty ruthless by Chris Jericho. By the way, <laughs> out of all of them, no offense to Dos Santos. I'm glad that he tried the whole wrestling thing. His grappling wasn't bad, but his punches, it's hard for someone that's used to fucking punching someone unconscious to pull their punches. So it looks a little bit weak. That's what I thought with his tag match. But Paige and Jorge Masvidal really come off like these guys could be pro wrestlers. They both have a lot of of uh, what, what, gravitas, I would say, towards them. So I really like her. I hope she actually sticks around. She's gorgeous. Her husband, not really sure what the neck tattoos, but uh, maybe you can talk to Cody about that. Uh, but it just... <laughs> that's a little shot for, for, for roads to the top. Of, anyways, um, but uh, yeah, uh, it just was back and forth. Sammy took the damn mic, and they let him just have a good promo off. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get more of this. I think this is all leading to either uh, Jorge Masvidal going against Jericho or against Sammy. And I just hope that they can get a good match out of him. Like I said, it's not really so much of the uh, MMA guy's fault. And it's great having people like this in there. But they're used to trying to hurt someone. In wrestling, you're not trying to do that. So it's kind of hard. The knee looked great, though, that he gave Jericho a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. It was very much... Very similar to the one he gave Ben in the UFC and knocked him out right at the fucking beginning. So if we do get that match, great. I'd like to see Paige stick around and maybe possibly get in the ring. Trainer. You know, she, she's probably going to be fucking way better than Jay Cargill right now. Just saying. I hate, I hate to be that guy, but you just wish Jorge would just lay in with those punches? Just potato Maybe him? a couple. 
Just potato yeah. the fuck out of him. Yeah, I mean, not to be the. I mean, if you can, if you're throwing a shitty working punch, you might as well just full send it at some point. Which I think that's what happened with the knees. Jericho's like, "Here's my head. Hit me as hard as you can." Yeah, I feel like Jericho's <laughs> probably telling Dos Santos to hit him harder. But yeah. it's 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 gotta be it's gotta be scary. It's like I don't want to fucking hurt this guy, you know. But Jericho can take a beating, obviously. But yeah, they just look like terrible punches, and it's that's it's it's always Ken Shamrock was in pro wrestling before he was in UFC, so he had show. that understanding. Friend of the, Friend show. Of the show, Ken Shamrock, <laughs> um, and other people that have worked MMA. Brock Lesnar had pro wrestling training before they went in MMA, so they knew how to calm down their punches. But you get someone that's straight, even if they're a fucking huge celebrity, it's good we're getting this publicity by ESPN and shit like that. That's all good, but it's going to be hard. You know, we go back to other celebrities, Mike Tyson, uh, that dude in Saudi Arabia that well, kicked. Tyson, uh, I mean, Tyson punched the hell out of HBK. But I mean, that's Sean's... because HBK was like, <laughs> you got to fucking hit me. You Don't knock me out, but you got to, or Mayweather with, with Big Show was like, you got to hit me hard. And then he hit him hard and broke his fucking nose. Oh my so, god! Yeah, he hit him so fucking hard. That's that's. But that was different. Big Show was mad. But he even said he even said I told I told him at the beginning of it, you gotta fucking hit me, man. You can't like this has to be one of the best boxers punching me in the face. And he broke his fucking nose. So I bet I bet he won't do that with Tyson Fury. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Or Dennis Rodman uh, again is another person. It's it's hard. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that works, but I mean I'm down for it. I love this crossover appeal, and I think Dan Lambert, like you said, is a heat sinking missile. I want more Shaq. Where's Shaq at? Hey man, hey man, well, you know the Shaq attack, man. You know. I mean Big Show, we're gonna have a match at WrestleMania next year. You told me. I'm I'm down for it. Let's go at All Out. Let's go. Shaq Shaq will be in the gym every day. <laughs> Big Show will be smoking a smoke outside of the gym every day. <laughs> God, dude, dude, when the giant used to come smoking a cigarette on the way to the ring. Oh, shit. I used All to right, laugh. so we had... Karen and I used to laugh so hard. We'd be watching the Hall of Fame, and I'd pause every time, like, Big Show would hit his vape. Ridiculous. <laughs> he was, he's, vape, he's a vapor now, but he had, like, this rig, you know, vape rigs, whatever, whatever the kids call them. Like, this big... Douche flutes. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like this necklace <laughs> with this thing on it <laughs> with his tuxedo and he'd like pull it from underneath his tie and go <laughs> like put it back it's fucking hilarious <laughs> big ups to Big Show aka Paul White for being himself you know what I'm saying yeah. I mean we love we as people on this podcast we love the Big Show shout out the Big Show shout out Paul White oh one of the most agile big men of all time, and people don't give him that credit. And I love Andre, and he might have been a bigger attraction overall, but obviously his body deteriorated, so we only got that super athlete in the 70s. Big Show was doing some stuff he shouldn't have been doing late into his career and breaking rings and shit with Brock Lesnar and Mark Henry and Braun yeah. Strowman. I, dude, him and Mark Henry, they had some bangers and matches. Big men slapping meat. <laughs> As a, Even that match where uh, what what did Braun fucking spear him to the outside of the cage? Yeah. The, Jesus the only, Christ. The only thing I would say about Paul White is you can tell his hips fucked up that last paper oh, yeah. match, but he didn't have to take any bumps. He just basically 
went in there and whipped ass. Dude, that's why we need him and Shaq attack, man. It, yeah, him and Shaq as a tag team? Are you kidding me? Shaq will take no a table fuck bump. With them. No one will fuck with him. Like, I love that. I mean, I know it's it's a shout-out to old 80s wrestling of that kind of tag team. It's not going to be agile and that stuff, but there was no, something it's gonna be special like... about watching just Big Show just slap the shit out of QT Marshall. It's going to be like a way less agile Ernie Ladd and Andre the Giant tag team from the 70s, you know? Um, like watching show well, That's because that they're older. Watching show on that pay-per-view with his hip, and you could tell it was bothering him. He, him just grabbing QT and just slide, like that big hand <laughs> coming down on his chest, and then grabbing all those other fucking nerds. I can't remember their name. Uh, Jim Cornette speech here. Camarato <laughs> Solo. <laughs> go go Solo Camarato. Yeah, they all got chopped. God <laughs> damn. Fucking, it was great. Fucking over here with Papa Shango and shit. God damn. <laughs> I mean, like, we can get, like, if they want to do a three-way, like, three-way tag tourney and it's just Big Show, Shaq, and Mark Henry, I'm down for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Even if they lose, I mean, you know, like a submission or something on someone or they get a count out or something, that'd be a great tag team. <laughs> I, hey, I'm a sucker for big guys slapping the shit out. Uh, that's why I love Walter. It's great. Dude, fucking Walter, man. All right, so the AAA Tag Team Champions were on the line from the Lucha Brothers, who are also the AEW Tag Team Champions, going against La Super Ranas? Wait, the Super Frogs? I remember when they figured that out, they were like, Scalibur, what the hell does that mean? And he's like, I believe it's the Super Frogs. Um, which, as CM Punk pointed also, out... Wasn't it, kind of, wasn't it kind of fucked up? They asked Excalibur, they're like, what does that mean? Hey, you're a Lucha Libre guy, right? Well, fucking, you know, Mex- <laughs> Mexican. That's, I'm sorry, apologize. Spanish. Um, yeah, it was uh, Andrade El Idolo hooked up this tag team, apparently. We found out later with MJF, it was kind of like a payoff thing, a one-time thing. Uh, but it was FTR. And, uh, you know, CM Punk goes, he kept on saying it over and over again before they got to Mass, and he goes, you know it's FTR because they're... They're a luchador tag team, and they're not going off the fucking tag ropes at all. So it was very blatant and obvious, but fun back-and-forth match. And because of some tomfoolery involving uh, Tully Blanchard after they were exposed to FTR, uh, they won those titles. So uh, I know for a fact, because Conan always puts them over, that Conan's a big, uh, he's a big fan of FTR. But what a weird fucking tag team. Uh, to win the AAA <laughs> Tag Team Champions. But then again, if they use this, especially in AAA or against, like, you know, the Lucha Brothers, they could be that 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 one tag team that has the belts that's a part of a luchador company that's like, no, we're not going off the fucking top rope. So that's an added heel element that I actually like. But, all right, they're not the main belts, but this is kind of like what Christian with the Constellation Prize of the Impact title to me. But in AAA, those are the main belts, really, if you yeah. think about it. Because they, they don't really care about the heavyweight title that much. Uh, so No, it's, 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 more, it's more the mega title, and then the tag team titles are the prestigious ones over there. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's incredible. They're going to be like show up and basically do what we would call NWA rules. We're not going to go off the ropes. 
her top ropes. I wonder if they'll bring that gimmick in there. Do you remember, uh, Dane, when they used to do that in WCW? They'd have, like, uh, NWA rules versus, mm-hmm. like, WCW Lucha Libre. rules. Yeah. So, like, if you went off the top ropes, you'd get disqualified. I, I wonder if they're going to do that, because that's, like, so much heat. If you take... And Bill Watts <laughs> would give you a $500 fine in the back for going off the damn top ropes. <laughs> Could you imagine... <laughs> like the that, that's going to be a lot of heat in Mexico or uh, when Mick Foley was like fuck this I'm going to be a heel in uh, ECW and was like I'm not doing extreme rule shit I'm going to actually have a classic wrestling match with it's, everyone it's, and they hated him for it's, it it's great could you imagine doing that in Mexico like AAA like them showing oh, up yeah. with belts and being like nah you guys have to wrestle by our rules which is NWA rules no one can go off the top rope with a bunch of luchas that's <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they're going to do. And if they're not going to give the tag belts, obviously they've already had them. And I kind of, the whole Young Bucks taking it from them, that's fine too. I think potentially in the future they could have them. But if you have FTR go win the tag belts for AAA and then maybe go to NWA and win the tag belts up there, which has been hinted with Billy Corgan going back and forth with Dax, that's that's fun. And I mean, fuck, it's... I don't know. It's just weird because, like I said, with Christian, yeah, the Impact World Championship's huge in Impact, but you won that from Kenny and not the actual belt. So, like, the AEW belt in AEW. So it's kind of like, kind of a consolation prize, but still, if they can do something with it, hey, whatever. Everyone's happy. If I mean, if FTR has been talking to Matt Hardy, collecting belts is not a bad thing. Put yourself on no. every show you can put yourself on. Remember the Hardys when they came into WrestleMania? Yep. They had, what, two titles? <laughs> they were on that crazy title run. Um, they had that crazy-ass match against, uh, I want to say it was... The Bucks, the right? Bronx. Right before the they Bucks. left. Was it the Bucks? And I, I thought there was one other tag team there. Uh, but maybe it was just the Bucks, but yeah. They wrestled that whole entire weekend and just snuck in. So I I don't know. I like FDR. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan. We've talked about it. They do that. They do some slow ass shit that I'm not a fan of. But uh, yeah, it's a great tag team. What the fuck is yep. Biden Powerful doing? That's the real question. <laughs> My favorite tag team in AEW. Exactly. How long do Lucha Brothers have this have these belts? Do you well, think they're going to drop it, them to whoever at uh? What, well, what they have the next pay per view. Well, they had them at least two years because of COVID, and they weren't able to run shows. I think they won them the same night Kenny won that Triple Mania belt. The only difference is they actually defended the titles. Yeah. Um, so it's. God, they've had them for fucking ever. <laughs> now, the, but once again, titles aren't that big of a deal in Triple uh, A, I guess. And, I mean, Pentagon and Phoenix are still the biggest draws they have. Yep. Was a psycho psycho clown, I guess, would be next. Yep, those are their their big three. I I would say for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so next we had Wheeler Yuta, who got who John Moxley, his music hits. 
he runs, or he comes out of the audience, he looks mad as hell, he comes in, fucking knocks Wheeler Yuta a couple times once the bell rings, gives him the fucking, uh, what the hell is it called, um, the double arm uh, fucking brain buster thing that he does, and that's the, the, it. That's fucking, not the Death Rider, but the other one. <laughs> It's, no, he gave him the Death, death rider. rider. He didn't give him the the double arm DDT. He gave him the Death Rider, the the big pa- ass pa- one. It's big. Par- it's a 1916 paradigm shift. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, he and then he just left, and that was it. It was like I loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, Moxley gives me such a little bit Austin, a little bit of Sandman, obviously vibe, and he just came out here, looked pissed, beat the dude's ass, and got the fuck out in like less than a minute. Bro, Moxley is on the gas. Has to be. <laughs> that guy is bigger. He's been than he's been in his entire career. He is uh, looking jacked, as Vince would say. Am I wrong on this? Am I crazy? No. He's. I think huge. he's pretty damn big. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at Dean Ambrose in fucking 2015, holy shit. Or if you go to CZW, John Moxley versus now. Uh, good for him, man. Maybe it's just the baby. Like, he can't sleep, so he's just lifting. You know, like that. He's just lifting the baby with one hand, like fucking uh, Bianca Belair did uh, to, what's her name? Um, God dang it. I'm <laughs> off the plot now. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the Sasha Banks. <laughs> that that was awesome. And we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, some of the stuff from Crown Rule, Crown Jewel, but when Bianca Belair literally press slammed fucking Sasha Banks, one arm, that was pretty impressive. That was cool. Yeah, it's great. Kurashida, Bianca's great. Yeah, she is. So they're having the TBS, not the host title, the TBS title tournament, and Kurashida and Serena Deeb are going to have a match. Uh, we also know that Deeb went heel and beat her ass for her 50th match, and she didn't win that damn trophy. Instead, she got hit in the head with it, and Tony Schiavone was backstage talking to Deeb, kind of giving her some shit for it, and then Kurashita came out and just started beating the fuck out of her, and the women started brawling. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be another match. I liked their last match. I think this next one should be good. I agree. I mean, Serena Deeb's a great wrestler, apparently. How do you have her for so long at WWE? How? You're a trainer. You're a trainer now. It's like, are you serious? She's fucking great. She's out. I bet they uh, hate that decision. But uh, what what is she being called now that Dean gave her the name? The woman of a thousand holds. Yeah, Dean. Yeah, Dean Malenko called her the Woman of a Thousand Holds, which is a great gimmick, by the way. And she's someone that definitely they can do stuff with. Like she kind of, like you said, like I was like, how do you turn her heel? Because like, and you're like, well, if she's the Woman of a Thousand Holds, just make her act like Dean Malenko, stoic and aggressive, and kind of keep it short and sweet. It's like that's what she seems to be doing. So fuck yeah. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit about your fiftieth win. She's trying to get one win. And when she won it and here with the fucking plate, I was like, that's what Dean Malenko would do. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so if that's the yeah. character, I love it. <laughs> because she does not care about Sheeta's 50th win at all. I like I called it, though. I was like, it wouldn't be hilarious. 
I was almost yep. joking because I felt like they were going to give Sheeta the win, but <laughs> God damn, that was fucking funny. I laughed so hard. Um, sorry for Sheeta fans out there. I love I love Sheeta. She's great. Uh, but that was hilarious. <laughs> There's no you way can't you can't always win, that. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus Jr. coming in at the beginning, like Brian Hinnon style and being like, why would you give her a trophy if she ain't already won? He already knew what it was. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Or whatever he said. Do you remember what he said? It was something to that effect. He was like, seems a little soon to print the trophy or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, JR fucking. Oh, they must have a lot of confidence in her. They already made her trophy. Sash fresh. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Uh. Yeah. That. I laughed really hard because I, I had sent you the text message right before that because they were doing that whole, like, giant entrance. And then JR came out with it, and I was like, okay, well, I guess she just going to lose. That's funny. All right, um, let's get to the AEW Trios match. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, going against Evil Uno. Alexander, real, real, or Alex. Real quick, Carrie Hojo. Is she going to show up in AEW at some point? I love that. As Pirate Princess? I would absolutely love that. I miss Kari saying Kari Hojo a lot. Okay. I'm, I, I was just... I, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything about her nope. since she moved back to Japan. I know she's married to Evil, right? That's her husband? Um, She's married... Evil's married to uh, Io Shirai. She's oh. married to, um, damn it, another New Japan wrestler, and I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I, I but, can't think of it. But in general, stardom is completely shut down. So. Wouldn't be come surprised. back over here. Yeah, come, come back. I swear, not everyone is going to drop you on your head, Carrie. <laughs> or treat Some, you the way fucking WWE did. Yeah, <laughs> I promise you. Jordan Grace and Impact isn't going to just drop you on your head and constantly. No. Fucking Nia Jax. Anyways, uh, trios match, like I said, Adam Cole, Young Bucks, Eva Luno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. I wish... This match was fucking just crazy. It was nonstop, really exciting, uh, fun the whole entire way, and it ended up winning with... I mean, they basically did everything to... Well, I, I did. I do want to mention the spot where I thought it was really cool that Eva Luno... Uh, Pay tribute to one of his favorite wrestlers, Mr. Mick Foley, taking Nick Jackson's sock that he ripped off of his foot. So Nick would be one uh, one boot and one sock down the rest of the fucking thing and giving uh, Mr. Socko to him. So that was that was a little fun thing. But at the end of it, I don't remember who which member it was, but they they got every fucking finisher on them. They got double super kicks, both guys off off the uh the thing got d- double super kicked, and then it was, uh, what the? Try and think of like the actual ending. Um, I can't think exactly, but it was the Xavier Wood spot from. When, oh, uh, the BTE trigger, and then the uh, the the boom kick. Um, yeah, for, it was the, the exa- it was that Xavier Wood spot where he took a stunner and a super kick, and then got put in the mandible claw. Remember that? 
Yeah, exactly. It was like yeah. every finisher back to back to back. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I liked all that, man. I love the also the part where uh, Adam Cole was doing his thing where he has him in the camel clutch and the young bucks come to go kiss him on the cheeks. But Alex Reynolds and uh, John Silver kind of knocked them out of the ring and came and kissed him on the cheek. And Adam Cole's like, wait, who the fuck are these guys? Adam Cole knows the young bucks lips on his cheeks. He knows who it is. And they just beat the shit out of him. So that, that was pretty good. Liked it. Fun match. What'd you think? Thought it was a great match. I mean, young bucks were there, so it's gotta be good, right? Five stars. No, I thought it was. I thought, all joking aside, I thought it was good. I thought it was cool, man. Um, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I don't have other words to really say. It was, it was fine. It was great for for what it was to enhance that storyline. Yep. All right. The next thing we have is Jungle Boy coming out. He's pissed. He's fuming. And he gets in, gets his ass kicked, gets a chair, comes back in, and everyone ditches it except for Brandon Cutler, and he bashes him with a chair and locks him in the snare trap while the super click watches and leaves uh, Brandon Cutler fucked in the uh, ring. That was uh, that. Was that. <laughs> poor, poor Brandon. <laughs> He's, He's lucky he has a goddamn job. <laughs> He's great at, at being a henchman, for sure. Vince McMahon would have loved this guy. Uh, would you like Jungle Boy more if he started doing like Sabu shit, like setting up a chair and jumping off of it? Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, maybe. Hey, hey Jungle Boy, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> call Sabu. Was that weird ass chair spot you used to do <laughs> in the ring? You mind if I do that, dude? I'm sure you'd say go for it, man. I would. I kind of even thought about this. I would take a little bit. Of the arsenal of Sabu and also Jimmy Snuka a little bit and kind of add it into your repertoire, like study them a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. There's just something missing for Jungle Boy with me. I mean, like I said, I love 90210, but uh, he hits the ropes very soft. It's all spots. It's all spots. Um his entering work and when he's in the center of the ring and doing reversals and stuff, it looks good. I think he just needs that one more thing to set him off. And maybe it is the Sabu, like set the chair down and jump off of it, which I thought he was going to do when he teased the chair. Cause I was like, he's not going to hit anyone with the chair. He's going to set that thing up and jump off of it. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's it for me, I guess. I, I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Dane, you're is absolutely Jungle crazy. Boy, is Jungle Boy uh, piquing your interest at this point? He's fine. I think he has a shitload of potential. His in-ring stuff's great, but he is missing something, I think. I think what it needs, like I said, study people like Steamboat. Study people like Kerry Von Erich. Study people like Snuka, Sabu even. Try to add some more stuff in your repertoire. See how some of these baby faces, like I said... We're able to really get the crowd going behind them and just show a little more emotion because he's very, very one dimensional. Yeah, it's it's also unfortunate for him that he's always in a match with like the young bucks. 
that's why that's why Sabu stood out in my mind because like uh, you can't be the best high flyer, but if you do the most innovative crazy shit, then you're going to be the best high flyer in that match. So doing something like the uh, step up on a chair leap to the outside would be different than what the young bucks do. And uh, I I don't know for sure, but like what is like three out of his four last matches were members of the Young Bucks or the Young Bucks in general. Yeah, him and Adam Cole should have a good match, though. Oh, I All agree. Right, let's... I, that's good. It's, it'll be a great match. Um, I just like I said, if. if you, you're not going to out Young Bucks the Young Bucks, so think of something different, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I agree, for sure. All right, so we had MJF coming out. Oh, no, we got to go to Cody. What the fuck was this? All right, I will say what they did last night ended up working, where Malachi Black showed up. For some reason, he's with, or at least in cahoots with Andrade, they're about to destroy Pack. Here comes Arn Anderson. Bang. Cody runs out, gets in a brawl. People are going crazy for Cody the first time in a long time, but I just wanted to heel turn, honestly, I guess at this point. I love Cody as a babyface, but I don't think it's working out best for him. And so instead of crazy old man who starts trash can firing in your backyard, now he's bringing you back to your academy that apparently you haven't been at. You get slapped in the face by, uh, what the hell's her name, um, Red Velvet, and then you're in the ring with everyone, and even your brother Dustin's, like, trying to grab your leg, you're getting your ass kicked, this is the coach, what the hell's he doing drills, and he even brings that up, and I guess that was all he needed, a couple slaps in the face by his female recruits, and, uh, getting his butt kicked a bit, um, what the fuck was this, Chris, I just did not get this segment. I have no idea, and I hate Cody Rhodes at the moment. He went from the top baby face. Me and you had him as the best baby face in the world to this. That's where he's at. He's he's Miz, but not a good Miz. He's shitty Miz. Oh God. All right. Well, not, like a, it's terrible. I he's agree not, with you, but it's sad. I mean, the only thing you can do is turn him heel. That's it. Like, have him snap on Arn and turn him heel at this point, because the general perception of him, at least in the AEW crowd, is like, you sold out, dude. You went to do this show, and you left wrestling for two months. And then you went to do this show, and you left wrestling for two months. You're, you have a John Cena, Miz, Rock vibe to you that you're not going to be able to shake. You went from being this savior for independent wrestling and being the martyr slamming the throne of triple H to only become worse than triple H. Uh, and I think a lot of people see it that way. And well, I don't that he's in his Mount Rushmore. So <laughs> yeah, sure. <he's> just... <laughs> his Mount Rushmore did have dusty. If you will, baby, <laughs> so... hey, baby, you know what I'm saying? You don't put me in the same category. Baby is Vincent man. You know what I'm saying, baby? Yeah. I mean, um, it's... It's it's crazy to think about, but uh, Cody Rhodes a year ago, we were talking about him as the biggest baby face in all of wrestling, not just not just in the United States, but in Japan. Bro, we as well. were saying we were saying Dusty and Sting 
package together, basically. That's our comparisons. And, and now, I don't know. Yeah, it's bad. What's a wrestler? What's a wrestler who wants so bad to be a babyface that it's just not working out for him? I can't even think of someone in the past that didn't. Like Roman, it wasn't his fault. He wanted to, and now that he's doing it, it's great. But like with it, Cody, is probably going to beat Malachi Black, which he lost two of the three trilogy of matches. So it's not a fucking trilogy, first of all. It's a fucking Malachi's giving him a bone, so he's probably going to beat him, and that's not going to help him out at all. And if he loses, that's not going to help him out at all. If so, Tony Khan, if Tony Khan is out here listening to this podcast, don't have Cody beat Malachi Black. Malachi is a bigger baby face in the long run. Trust me. Trust me. Do a different storyline with Cody. You can get him back to where he was. Cody was a great heel, man. In Ring of Honor, he was awesome as a heel. So devious. Such a dick. It's the fans are never going to turn back around on on Cody. It's just not going to happen. Also, he's like kind of the outcast member of the Bullet Club to begin with. So he's like just a guy that happened to be there. Like the fans are behind the elite in general, diehard fans. And, and they always will be like, like Cody had a good baby face run. Everybody liked it. It was fun. But then you brought in sting and then you brought in, you, you bring in all these giant baby faces that are bigger than Cody. Um, and, and then Cody takes and the like amount of months off. Like, just, yeah, that doesn't help, especially doing fucking television shows and shit. That just makes the fans get annoyed more. And the, he's getting the heat level that people like Dan Lambert, MJF, and Vicky fucking Guerrero get. That's not good if you want to remain a babyface. Yeah, no, he's never going to be able to be a babyface. Don't have him beat Malachi unless Black. Unless he becomes a heel, does that run for a while, and then turns back to, to being a babyface because of storyline in a couple of years. Then people will probably embrace him, but I don't think forcing... The, I'm sorry, and they even went over it on their crappy reality TV show. That UK versus US bullshit was terrible. All of it. It really killed his credibility. I feel like his credibility was killed but before then, when he just left for months at a time. Yeah, he gets murdered by uh, Brody, comes back. I would <sighs> say, his cre- to me, his credibility got killed when he's supposed to be this big badass. And Impact just started showing up. Don Callis started showing up. And Cody did nothing. He just watched. Yeah. Didn't but if Taz says Taz anything, ooh, he's going to let him have it. That's why yeah. I thought the, the the wrestling school spot was very funny. Wouldn't it be hilarious if next week Cody goes in the wrestling spot, uh, like the the same gym, and it's just all of Taz's acolytes? Remember from ECW, all the people east around the ring with the hoodies on? Oh my god! For Taz's training school. Uh, oh lord! Can we get more Arn Anderson? That's that's what the world needs. Talking about shooting people and burning stuff and trash barrels. I was like, man, Arn's getting so over. They're like, oh, you got to calm that down. Can't, can't I think he should. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't hope this for him. But if if Arn Anderson were to have diabetes, all I'm saying is he should probably take over for Wilford Brimley and start doing those commercials. 
he could just start the promo for those commercials like i don't have hey, diabetes but i know somebody that has diabetes i shot the diabetes that i knew about <laughs> all right um speaking about cody his good friend mjf came out uh he was all excited he was in his gear came to the ring got pissed off at justin roberts made fun of him for looking miami vice-ish which he did uh because he was supposed to announce this match that he had and cm punk even made reference he goes he knows he's not having a match because wardlow's not out here with him and calls for wardlow right after that coincidentally calls for the ref to come to the ring talks a bunch of shit about miami and how it's dirty and also keeps on saying like por favor por favor like over pronouncing it like some <laughs> asshole would like just to be a dick it was great and then wanted to count out Darby Allen with uh, uh, referee Bryce Rinsberg. Uh, he was hesitant about doing it. Snow is in Miami. Sting comes to the ring. He's got his baseball bat. Motherfucking MJF, still with the storyline with him and Wardlow, pushes Wardlow into Sting, who nails him in the friggin' uh, sternum, basically, with the bat. And MJF gets the hell out of there. So they're, they're more or less setting up stuff with him and Darby Allen for the future. And I'm enjoying it. I really like I, I like this stuff a lot. Yeah, me too. I'm down for it. I'm always down for Sting, man. <laughs> always down. I loved it. A lot of people hated it online. Turns out, Dane. Fuck them. <laughs> Unless great. you're a listener, and we love you. Yeah, but I thought it was great. I mean, Sting. And uh, if I had to have a safe wrestling match with anyone, Sting would be on the top of the list for me. <laughs> No shit. He could have killed Wardlow with that bat, but the, like the way he hit him, he looks so soft. No, nah, he's but, great. He's a master of that. Yeah, it's it's great. Stings Stings incredible. I I think you need to separate Darby and Sting very soon, though. We've talked about this in the past. Sting is a bigger draw than Darby. Sorry, sorry guys, sorry listeners. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, he's giving pops. a number up. And eventually he needs to let the, the, the little scamp go free by himself. But Sting's a legend, man. Even it's it, I think it's helped Darby to be with Sting and brought him up a little bit. But same time, Sting's always going to be more over than a modern star, I would feel like. there was Those guys back then, just they were built differently, man. They were just known. Would you, would you be down for a good old Mark Henry Sting battle? Fuck yeah. I don't like give a shit. Dude, put Sting the in the goddamn view. ring. Put Sting in the ring with anyone. It'll be fine. I, I really think that people can do a modern Sting match. Uh, he's proven he can take a bump still. I'm not, not that I'm saying I'm not worried about him doing said bumps, but hey, man, if you want to put him in there with Kenny Omega, Kenny will probably bring Sting to a fucking six-star match. Yeah, well, I was, I was more going with Mark Henry, but yeah, yeah, well... Kenny Omega is just out here. <laughs> or Daniel Bryan. They'll be yeah. able to pull a good match out of fucking... Or Brian Danielson, I should say. I, I mean, See, I kinda... screwed up too, by the way. Did you hear that? He actually no, called him Daniel him? Bryan. Well, he oh, called he... him Daniel Bryan. He goes, sorry, Freudian slip. I mean Brian Danielson. And then he goes, CJR, you're not the only one who messes up with this stuff. And JR started laughing. Oh, so did the internet explode? They're like, oh, Probably, but who, like like I said, these fucking people out there. God dang. Jared doesn't care. <laughs> Neither does CM Punk. Turns out he doesn't care, guys. No. 
Hey, what uh, this guy Dave Chappelle said, Twitter's not real. So, you know. <laughs> um, Mark Henry versus Sting, though. I want, a, I want that match. <laughs> That'd be fun. Could you imagine sure. the splashes? They're just splashing each other. That's that's the, that'd be half the match. It's just like. <laughs> and Mark Henry would take such good care of Sting if yeah. he got a chance to have a match with them. He's fine. Put him. In He's the a safe, safe fucking wrestler. All right, so uh, Britt Baker getting interviewed by her best friend Tony Schiavone, who once again teleported, and just talking tap. about her match with Anna J. Tap that. Anna J. Comes twice. out <laughs> tap with that tap twice. that earring. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Britt basically said she wasn't shit without her friend uh, Ty Conti, and uh, Anna J took exception to this, and this would lead up to the non-title match that happened last night that we'll be talking about uh, between the two, and they just brawled. So, there you go. Shabani's just like a habitual shit starter, I guess. He always he he all he usually like makes comments. It's very like we've said, very mean gene ish. With like he'll be like he'll he'll scold someone for doing something. Love it. <laughs> we need to get one we're live pal from Jr. before he retires. Yep. Uh, I agree. Yeah, Shivani is definitely uh, mean gene <laughs> at this point in his career. Yep, I agree. All right, so we had Kira Hogan going against Penelope Ford. This is probably the bigger match that Kira Hogan's had since she signed with AEW. I've been a big fan of her throughout her AEW run. We already, talk, we already talked about the joke with CM Punk, uh, who obviously called Hogan a piece of shit not too long ago in an interview. Uh, <laughs> just asking the question, could Kira Hogan be related to, and that was fill in the blank by several other Hogans other than the Hulkster. Funny joke, but... I thought these ladies had a really good match. Penelope Ford was like, here Hogan's going to bring it a hell of a lot more. She's more experienced than some of the other people that Penelope has been working with. And I think that helped out Penelope because she's also more experienced. I feel like than some of the other females in the division that they usually put them against even Allie, who's been around for a long time. I just don't think she's the best wrestler. Just going to put that out there, but um, they had a good match. And I, I just love that. Like I said, Penelope Ford will do the, uh, the, the Muda lock and stuff like that. She's really good. And uh, Penelope Ford ended up winning. Afterwards, Ruby Soho was pissed off about getting, uh, you know, her ass beaten from behind from Ford. And Allie, the week prior, came out and got her revenge. And it looks like that will set up for next week with the two of them. How long until they uh, take the Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho? destination on that um how long until they take that away and just give her a different rancid song i don't think that's ever happening i think she's keeping that one forever man wouldn't it be hilarious though like just audience would be like huh who is she she comes out to time bomb next week (laughs) i'd be down for that (laughs) like who would be down for that you just pop for it um but yeah, like uh, Penelope Ford's fucking great. We've talked about it on the show. I think that she's one of the most underutilized wrestlers on the entire roster. She's great. She has a great fucking theme, too. Also, don't just like, can I get the theme? Can I get the Penelope Thor- like Ford theme, please? Please. 
don't just put her in the ring. Can I get the uh, bad, bad girl? It's, it's great. Yeah, dude. And I think that Penelope has been someone they've been sitting on, and she's a damn good wrestler. And I think here, Kara Hogan's a really good pickup. I think they're good wrestlers for this women's division. And I'm really proud of AEW's women's division. It's definitely, it's it's pretty damn deep. And it wasn't. We were complaining about that for a very long time, especially me. Well, me and you both, I think. Uh, but mostly because covid and people not being able to travel for japan and uh what the original design of what that division was going to be karma retiring karma uh awesome kong uh retiring and uh aja kong not being able to travel i mean there's a lot of things look at that women's division is like i thought we were gonna get a kong versus kong match based yeah. off that first show Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, part of it is on how they tried to build the division and now they're they're correcting it. And it's been great. Like Thunder Rosa. She's amazing. Uh, Serena Deeb's amazing. Uh, Brett Baker, really good. Like Kirishita fucking um... good here for the long run, turns out. <laughs> so there's like. Now, if they could bring in someone like, I don't know, Carrie Hojo. <laughs> yeah, Carrie Hojo would be a great person to add to it. But, I mean, the additions of, like, Kara Hogan has a lot of potential of just being a good in-ring hand, I think. And then also Ruby Soho. There's going to be some other ladies coming over here. And there's a lot of crossover appeal. You know, we, we know she's going against Mick, or she's going against Mickey James tonight, but I know that... Deanna Perrazzo really wants to have at least a tag team with Britt Baker in the future in AEW if they can, or a match where no titles on the line, but just who's the best champion because they're best friends in real life. So that, there's, that, that, that women's division is very good. I mean, that's that's your buildup for the big pay-per-view, right? Before WrestleMania. Uh, what, what do they call it? Oh, uh, All Out? Yeah, All Out, right? That's that's the big one is Diana versus uh, Britt. Oh, that would be awesome, fucking great. Even and I would actually, not... I would position Britt stays the way she does, but does it like kind of like The Rock maybe, and she's the babyface technically in it, and Diana is the fucking heel because she's so good at being a heel, but Britt still keeps her attitude and shit. You know, that'd be a fun match. I put Don Callis with uh, Diana. Sure. I'm down for that. I mean, not that she's a bad promo, but like, if you want to make a heel, there you go. <laughs> Especially in the AEW world. But that'll be a hell of a fucking match. I mean, there's the women's division is shaped up so much different than we were talking about six months ago. Absolutely. So, All right. So, I, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's stronger than, you know, actually, and we used to compare it. Because they've lost people, both Impact and NXT's, their women's divisions have kind of depleted a bit uh, since we used to talk so highly about both of them. So it's good to see AEW kind of stepping up. I, Impact's div, women's division is still solid, though. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, you know what's pretty solid is Miro's promos where he's talking to God. <laughs> he talks... And says that he's disappointed in him. Uh, 
it's obvious he's talking about God. He questions why God has forsaken his championship reign. He says he's done pleading, and now he's telling, my God, you will make me the champion or you will make me your enemy. He vows violence if he doesn't get a sign, or a sign soon from him and regain his title to becomes God's favorite champion. Why the fuck did they make us do the video game shit? Miro should have been like this from the start. This is so good. Miro is great. His promos are so amazing. I can only go back to like before the pay-per-view. He's like, the only person that's going to be pinning me in that ring is either God or my wife. He's, he, he said something about, like, I can't even go home, you know, even though I love my wife because I'm so disappointed in myself. Like, just brilliant, brilliant shit, man. Yeah, he's, he's nailing it. I love Miro right now. This is what we wanted, though. Like, we wanted this Miro. It's just, where are they going to go with them? Like I said, man, Iron Sheik meets Scott Steiner. Big Papa Pump era. Yeah, Miro's fucking great, dude. All right, Heyman Page came out. Tony Schiavone in the ring. Talks about cowboy shit. This was... I can't remember certain details about this promo itself. But the crowd was fucking into Hangman Page, and he cut probably the best promo, I would say, of his career. Uh, he talked – I have a little bit written down, but I, he talked about what, um, what it was with cowboy shit, how it's cowboy shit to be this person or cowboy shit to leave, to have a beautiful baby, to come back and get on top again. You know, He might have lost matches and titles and friends, but he still has the audience. He talks about, um, for the first time, he's motivated and feels like he's ready for this. He vows to give all of his fans true cowboy shit when he meets Omega for the world title at Full Gear. And the crowd, like I said, was pretty much elated the whole entire time. They didn't stop chanting cowboy shit from the start until the finish. Hey, man, Paige, I don't know if they're going to go with it, Chris. I'm not going to put that out there yet. We'll, we'll get closer to Full Gear, but... He's definitely over, and for everyone that thought that he had fizzled out, he came back and regained that momentum instantly. And this version, not the, like, the, oh, I'm drunk and I'm depressed version that they had going with them for a very long time, this has been the best version of Paige, I think. Is he like Daniel Bryan, uh, WWE, or Mick Foley, WWE? Like, we're just fans... Just regardless, it doesn't matter what they do to the character. We're they love him. Full, full send and cheer for the guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, he's he's reached that stratosphere, right? Um, I have no problem with him being Kenny. I thought this was a great fucking promo. I think his uh, thing in between was a roads to the road to the top or fucking whatever the Cody road show after his promo where he just kept handing Tony Schiavone beers was hilarious. It's very <laughs> macho man. <laughs> um, that was probably my favorite promo of his, but uh, hangman's great, man. Uh, like hangman's great, man. Um, <laughs> he, he was, he was, I mean, he was the person they were going to put the title belt on originally. Yep. Right. Until the bastard pack got in, injured or in that weird title shit. So, 
They changed it, and then Jericho won it. Yeah, and and uh, Pack had that weird dragon. Was it Dragon Gate? I wonder, I'm trying to. I don't want to. Oh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Had, yeah, he had some something weird in his contract where he was already a champion and couldn't challenge for a championship in a different country unless he dropped the championship, which is all booking, right? So yep. it took him like six months or some shit to even show up. And, and then he went against like Kenny Omega, et cetera, when he finally came over. But I mean, that was the original storyline was is, is him and, and Pac, which would have been great. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a fun storyline. Kenny versus his old friend. I love and, it. And, and, and waiting wings. Kill Steen Kill in January. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's all happening, bro. It's all happening. All right. Well, another ex member of Undisputed Era that's in AEW outside of Adam Cole, baby. Bobby Fish, who got signed to the company, also is working with MLW at the same time. Had an awesome match, like I said, with Lee Moriarty on the um, Rampage the night before. And speaking of which, Mr. Brian Danielson, his opponent tonight, had a ridiculous match with Minoru Suzuki. If you're not a big fan of just constant punching and stuff like that, like, you know, and you, and you want more, I don't know. It was a lot of striking. It was violent. Uh, I love Minoru <laughs> Suzuki. got busted open. And he's still laughing about it, tasting his own blood. Like, it was ridiculous. And then he came and had a great match the next night with fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Bobby Fish, striking the hell out of each other. So much submission work, more so in that match. I thought both matches were incredible. Brian Danielson is a beast. I hope he's being careful with himself, but, you know, he's going to do what he wants to do. And I like the Bobby Fish match more for the actual layout but i have to say that i enjoyed the minoru suzuki more because of just the just the the two personalities having a match and it was weird they put that one on youtube but whatever i was able to find it watch it what do you think about the main event against bobby fish and what do you think about the one with minoru suzuki the night previous on youtube chris bobby fish is absolutely incredible in the ring and uh, I only want to talk about Murder Grandpa. Can we get into Murder Grandpa and horses? Fucking Murder Grandpa, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but is it, it doesn't matter what kind of match he has. Like, even if he goes against Yano, you're like, oh, it's Suzuki versus Yano. That'll be great. He's amazing. Like I'm scared for Yano's life, but, you know. Yano's like, well, I'm going to at least him in the dick one time. And you're like, all right, Yano, I believe in you. <laughs> do what you got to do, Broski. Yeah. But, man, uh, that was a fucking hard-hitting affair, if you will. Yeah, they were definitely punching the shit out of each other. And uh, not as fearful for Daniel Bryan at this point as maybe you are. Uh, in a world where Shibata is out here trying to wrestle matches again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. Thing is going to wear on him doing this strong style. 
I don't know. He wants to still go to Japan and Mexico, and you know that if he gets a chance to go to CMLL, that's going to be fucking hard-hitting because that's some more aggressive, I would say, Lucha Libre in Mexico. And if he goes to New Japan, any person he goes against, he's going to get dropped on his fucking head. So this was a test, and he's going to keep on fucking going. And I guess I, I have to respect that. I just obviously hope him the best when it comes to concussions. And even if he's alleviated that by doing whatever he's done, he still has a bad fucking neck, too. How how scared will you be if the lineup for <laughs> for Wrestle Kingdom is Daniel Bryan versus Naito? Dude, I didn't even know you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. No, no. I wouldn't even put him in the Rakota. I'd be too scared. Jesus. Yeah, <sighs> give him something soft off the bat. Give him, like, Tanahashi or something. But... Yeah, Tanahashi... Um, Tanahashi, <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay, that'd be a fun one. Will would be fine. Uh, Okada would be okay. Uh, yeah, him versus Daito. He's like, so your next fine, right, bud? <laughs> All right, dragon suplexes. Just murders him. He, I mean, he's. I know he wants to go to Japan, but <laughs> I don't know if he wants to go at least to what new japan is right now it's a lot of getting dropped on your fucking head oh jesus well i think they're a little bit safer about it than like you know all japan in the 90s but yeah it's not much <laughs> god damn uh what are you gonna do yeah yeah anyone that's like it's safer than in the 90s i'd be like watch watch naito versus abushi where they try to kill Ugh. each other every match. I mean, well, like, that's the scary part of it, man. That's the scary part of it is that they could be doing so much damage. Yeah, maybe they miraculously go throughout their whole entire career in New Japan and get a little bit older within the industry uh, and don't actually break their neck or anything like that. But Masawa had one of the roughest and, you know, kept on going, created Pro Wrestling Noah, kept on going. And then just a random ass spot. I think it was a suplex, not even a brain buster, decapitated him because his neck wasn't strong enough. Not where his whole head came off, but his fucking spine hit, completely decapitated, and he died instantly. Just from getting dropped on his neck too much. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's crazy. Also, did we talk about the uh, Terry Funk... Uh... <laughs> FMW? Yeah, that was the last yeah. show. That was a good Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's just Terry Funk being one. <laughs> he still never fucking paid me. Motherfucker never paid me. He's like, so what, 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 what do you have, what to, do you say? have to say? What? Oh, to Anita. <laughs> just flip the bird. <laughs> so, oh, do you, do you mean that? He's like, no, I love that man. He's a good man. <laughs> fucking love Terry Funk. <laughs> Terry's the best. All right, let's, uh, let's keep on going. Uh, so let's let's kind of uh, preview the Dynamite tonight. We just have a couple matches that are announced. <sighs> One of them in particular, Chris, I'm wondering what you're going to say. It's Cody Malachi, their third match. Cody got decimated pretty much in the first two. Um, I do not. I, I, I don't want Malachi to lose this one. I want him to beat Cody three flat. And put him right on his ass, but I feel like Cody Rhodes is probably going to win this match. What do you think? 
I agree with you. I think Malachi should just uh, straight beat him. Am I it's not going to happen? I mean, like I know you guys love Cody, but but Malachi is what the fans want right now. <laughs> you can have Malachi hit the mist and a kick, and do kind of a bullshit finish and set up a like a, a stip match or something, you know, or you can turn Cody evil heel. Maybe he channels his inner gold dust, stardust, whatever, and build that for down the line. But, uh, yeah, I definitely... I will say, now that you just mentioned it, if Cody goes to the level where he becomes a heel at the end of this and just fucks over Malachi, I'm actually okay with him winning on that stipulation. Because then you can do a best of five. Cody's got one win. Malachi's got two. You keep on going. And kind of do a reversal like Austin Brett sort of thing to really push one as a heel and one as a baby face. I don't think they're going to do that, but that would be the only way I would be okay with Cody winning tonight. Yeah. I'm on the same page as you. I just, I, I don't see it, man. Like me neither. If, All right, if, well, they, if they have Cody win, this is the problem. People are going to be like, you're not listening to your fans. Which is opposite of what Tony Khan wants to do, right? Or Cody wants, because it's not going to help him go over as a babyface. It's going to have him be resented even more so. It's weird. All right, well, uh, the other big thing... Um, is the Eliminator Tournament. And we had, we're going to talk about it briefly, Rampage. I'll do it right after this so we can just get all of AEW out of the way. And uh, we'll talk about uh, Crown Jewel, a little bit of highlights from last night with SmackDown, with Brock Lesnar beating the hell out of people. Uh, screw Monday Night Raw. We'll, we'll definitely go over next Raw because of the, uh, the, the change, if you will. But um, let's get out of here with uh, finishing up uh, with the two matches for tonight, both about the Eliminator Tournament. Uh, like I said, Orange Cassidy, or I was at least alluding at, Orange Cassidy won against Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't really know if I needed that, but whatever. But tonight, we're going to have two major matches in that, Chris, with Brian Danielson going against Dustin Rhodes, which obviously I feel like Brian's probably going to win that match. And then Eddie Kingston going against Lance Archer. I'm not sure on that completely. I want Eddie to go because I think that the potential of him going all the way and even somehow beating Brian Danielson, which I don't know if they would go with, uh, and going against John Moxley in the finals would be a lot of fun. But who do you think is going to win between Brian Danielson and Dustin Rhodes? Who do you think is going to win between Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer? I mean, the American Dragon versus Dusty Rhodes is just going to be a great-ass match. Um, but American Dragon, right? He has yep. to win. And uh, I got Eddie Kingston over Lance Archer. I know a lot of other people don't have that, but uh, I'm assuming this thing is just going to go wild. Like ref bump or something. They're just going to be killing each other. All sorts of shit. And uh, I don't know. I have faith in... Eddie Kingston. He's my he's my new Dusty Rhodes. I just have faith in you, bud. Get him with a bionic elbow. No. 
I feel you on that, man, though, for sure. So if we look at the left side, like I said, Orange Cassidy beat Hobbs last night on Rampage. He progresses. He's going to go against whoever John Moxley in 10, which obviously Moxley is going to fucking beat him. So I feel like Moxley's taking the left side. I think he's going to beat 10. I think he's going to beat Orange Cassidy and go against. This is the question. Brian Danielson or Eddie Kingston, Chris? Because I feel like that's coming next. I feel like Kingston's going to be Archer, like we just said. Brian Danielson's definitely going to be Dustin. But who do you go with with Kingston and and uh, almost said Brian Danielson? Oh man, that's so hard. I for know. Me, for me, it's Kingston and uh, Mox. Kingston. But... Kingston gives uh, Danielson his first loss. That's the thing. Sure. Well, no, it's not his first loss. He lost to Kenny. Uh, well, it was it was a time limit draw, but yeah, technically. No, he he also lost in the tag match or whatever, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think you are right about that. Um, but like, whatever. I mean, you can set up any Daniel Bryan match you want in the future to be like forever. He's just always over. But Kingston is riding a wave right now, and him versus Moxley is something people have wanted since their last match. And then especially doing, with both them being baby faces this time. And and the great promo, and and that's why I brought up the Onita. Uh, <laughs> Because going back and watching that pay-per-view match, I knew what they were like trying to do. It's like, God, that was so terrible. Like, you know those guys want to tear the house down together. Yeah. So, I mean, sucks for Brian. I'm not going to say that, uh, I mean, because Kingston's going to come in as a heel. Oh, he's going to act like one for sure against Brian Danielson. He'll probably be the baby compared to Lance Archer. If he wins it, he wins it, and I think he will. And if he goes against Daniel Bryan, he's probably going to be more of the heel in the uh, in that match, I would say. Yeah, yeah. the way he beats Daniel Bryan will be sleazy as hell. And then he can yeah, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> but you know what? I don't even care if he shows up with a DMX shirt on. That's all I care about. <laughs> got, got the counter for DMX references for Eddie. Um, what, 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 it, what is the better match though Brian versus Box or Box versus Kingston Kingston has two more very different you're going to get two different matches you're going to get like a old school CZW style match a brawl match with Kingston right um, yep. And you're going to get a WWE ass match with uh, Moxley and uh, the American Dragon. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think that there's more behind the concept of a Kingston and Moxley match, but it'll probably be a better match if it's Moxley and Danielson. But, but, but by better match, you just mean like. Work better later. structured yes yeah okay yeah there's but, more I meaning mean, between uh moxley and kingston though way more yeah especially in the the story they've been trying to tell us 
And, dude, someone was trying to say that Lance Archer should beat Kingston and then Brian Danielson and go against Mox again. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I mean, if they do it, I, fine, I guess. But <laughs> I like Lance Archer, but I, I I don't need another Moxley match. Like, compared to having him go against Kingston or him going against Danielson. I no. mean, Moxley has, like, two big opponents. You can pick one, choose one. And the one is <laughs> one of the, 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 out, the outrider out there is Lance Archer. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, he's not he's not on the level of what that match would be. One, because he's not booked in storyline that way, and two... Because the finals are going to be at full gear. It's going to be at the pay-per-view. They only have a couple of those. Yeah, I I actually think the answer is all up to Moxley on who he wants to fight that night, because that guy just does whatever the fuck he wants, apparently. He's got an easier side, <laughs> so... man. His, his opponents were either 10, Orange Cassidy, or even Powerhouse Hobbs, and Powerhouse Hobbs lost in the first fucking round. I bet him it, 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 so it's going to be him and Orange. Well, he beat. We're about to talk about that match from last night. He beat fucking Orange Cat or uh, Orange oh. Cassidy beat Powerhouse Hobbs because he got distracted from his own bullshit and then got rolled up from uh, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, so that sets up the left side. So it's going to be Mox versus Orange. Well, Mox has to beat 10 first, but do you see 10 beating Moxley in the first Fuck round? No. <laughs> so he's going to go on against Orange Cassidy, and he's going to beat Cassidy. I do not want to see Orange Cassidy beat John Moxley. Please. He's not going to be. He's not going to be. He's not going to be John Moxley. That's not going to happen. But it'll be a fun match. I bet that'll be a very For sure. fun match. Uh, and I look. I love. I'm more of an Orange Cassidy fan than you, I guess. <laughs> but. He's not being fucking Moxley. I mean, the setup is is just the right side of that tournament. Like you said, it's it's either going to be the American Dragon or um, or Kingston. I mean, that's it. Salt. And I hope it's Eddie Kingston. Really? Yep. Me too. Nothing. Nothing against Daniel Bryan. I mean, I, they'll have a great match, but if you look at it from I've been watching the show since it started. Wouldn't it be great to get that? Like we're friends, but we're going to try to kill each other again. Kind of match <laughs> between Mox and King, especially considering the first match where, uh, I don't know, Moxley tried to rip his head off with the barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, he, I guess it's easy thing to forget about, but the, like Kingston tapped because he was going to die. I completely agree with you. I, I I think that's the best way to go. I love Eddie Kingston. You know, you taught Dusty, and that's definitely one of your favorites. I love Dusty. Uh, I've also said in the past, you know, a little bit of uh, DDP in there. But he's a much more aggressive version of both those type of characters. And I love it. He's an asshole. He's, he's you know what I'm saying? Like, DDP and, and, and Dusty, DDP molded his version of himself off of like a New Yorker or New Jersey version of Dusty. But they're both like guys that you thought were good dudes. Like Eddie Kingston seems like he would start a fight at a bar just to be a dick and then watch it. And I gave you, I gave you that comparison at the last pay-per-view, especially when he bounced out of the turnbuckle and he did the Terry Funk fist. I was like, Oh, that's, that's what it is. That's actually what it is. (laughs) Is that he is a New York Terry Funk, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, yep. When he we came out of that turnbuckle with those fists up to Miro, 
Jones. Come on. Hit me one more time. It was great. Loved it. I love Eddie Kingston. He's a, uh, he channels all of that stuff. I mean, you know, the, the common complaint would be like, well, he's not, uh, wrestling. He doesn't look like a wrestler. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's also doesn't look like a guy. I want to fight. Fully Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Neither one of them look like fucking wrestlers. Give me a goddamn break. And then he like that, that, that attitude Tazish, not the fucking wrestling, but the personality is very, very Taz like. He's got a lot of good stuff going on, man. That's all I got to say. Uh, just uh, him and Moxley both bouncing out of the turnbuckles and doing the Terry Funk thing together would be amazing. <laughs> Actually, if it's the two of those guys, I would hope that they study like a match with Funk and Dusty and kind of take parts from that and kind of implement it a little bit. Lawler, be a lot of fun. Lawler and Funk. Empty yeah, arena. or Lawler and Funk. Hell yeah. yeah. Just well, Kingston's the, a huge Lawler fan. All the he was a huge, huge Tennessee fan. He loved uh, Eddie Gilbert as well. Those are his two favorite: is Memphis and All Japan is where he takes a lot of his uh, his stuff from. Yeah, except for that, that pay per view match where it was all Terry Funk when he bounced out of the turnbuckle. <laughs> I mean, I guess Lawler kind of does that thing too: the stutter step into the put your hands up. Oh, he he loves Terry too, though, but. Up. Terry Terry was in Tennessee when he was going against Lawler for all that shit. Because he's a little bit older than me and you. So he probably was watching late Memphis, if that's what he says that he watched. Um, I think I think Eddie's 39, 38-ish. So that probably would make a little bit of sense. Yeah, I mean, he But then he was sure obsessed with All Japan and ECW when he was probably, you know, in yeah, he was high trape- middle he was, school. He was, he was trape- uh, <laughs> tape trading. Yeah, exactly. He seems like he was that type of fan. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got I got you, Kingston. All right, well, let's let's kind of talk about Rampage. I don't think we have to say anything else about the Powerhouse Hobbs Orange Cassidy match. Orange Cassidy went over. Anna Jay and Britt Baker had a pretty damn good match, but Britt Baker ended up winning with the lockjaw. Do you have any uh, comment about that match, Chris? It was a good match. That's that's the only commentary I have about it. I mean, Britt Baker should carry that title for forever, unless they're going to throw it on Rosa or um, Ruby Soho. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Um, well, Serena Deeb's a new opponent has entered. <laughs> Actually, that would be very fun. That'd be a good feud. Some good matches. But, uh, I just want to. Yeah. I just want to get to the fucking main event, basically, because I thought this was the best thing, and that's the second match. Now, within the trilogy, hey Cody. So a trilogy goes: one guy wins, the other guy wins, and then you find out who gets the rubber match. Not I lose twice, and now I still have a third match with the person. But whatever. Uh, Pac, Andrade, they beat the hell out of each other. Holy shit! Especially since I've gotten more <laughs> accustomed to watching his past matches when they were talking about dynamite kid Pac really does remind me a lot uh jericho brought it up um and just they, going back and forth they sent it on each other also there's the, the mutual respect there because like andrade was not letting up either no man you know what i watched <laughs> so they said that jericho was talking about that on commentary and I went and watched a match I saw a while ago between after this, obviously last night, and I was pretty drunk. But anyways, I watched a match between Savage and uh, Dynamite from like '84, 
in WWE where Savage was a heel before he got the IC belt and Dynamite was in the Bulldogs and they fucking killed it in Madison Square Garden. Gave me uh, some shades to it, if you will. But Andrade is awesome. His facial expressions are great. That fucking corkscrew thing he does where he jumps up on the top ropes to the outside, ridiculous. Uh, they beat the living hell out of each other, and I appreciated every second of it. I already talked about the afterbirth a little bit where lights went out. All of a sudden, lights are on. Malachi's there. He's got Andrade's back. Uh, they go to beat the living hell out of Pac. Cody comes out. Gets a great reaction for the first time in a long time with the audience. Uh, when Arn Anderson gives him a little gun salute, Cody jumps out of the crowd, beats the shit out of, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Malachi. Until he gets out of there and then Pac and him start double teaming Andrade until he gets pulled out of the ring. And that's how he went off the air last night. Yeah. Uh, Andrade looked great. (laughs) Great fucking match, man. Both guys are just absolutely incredible. It's it's a good fucking match. I mean, Pac has been incredible. He's just never been able to stick around in AEW. He probably already have been champion. At this point, if he was able to stick around. Like COVID and shit. Like, uh, I wish they would do more of those promos when he was doing, um, remember those vignettes he had, like in the alleyways of, I don't want to say England because I don't know where he's from, but like, you, you know what I'm point. talking about? The, the stairways and stuff, the cobblestone stairways. He was cutting these promos. It's like, man, this guy's going to kill your family. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he looked evil as shit in those. Yeah, well, I mean, he kind of always looks evil. <laughs> but <laughs> He always looks angry. Very angry looking dude. Except he's like super nice guy. Which I-, I know, if you watch anything with Pac in it, he's a really nice guy, but he kind of has that like Taz face, like he's always mad, you know? Constant resting bitch face, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, though. I can't wait for the show tonight. I love AEW. Dynamite and SmackDown never disappoint. I'll just put it that way. They really don't. For me. And, and I feel like Fox is on top of that shit. They're like, have a good show. And Vince is like, what? <laughs> and they're like, no, have a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like we're, we're, we're saying, hey, have a good show. We're saying you better have a fucking good show. This is like, they know, like... Uh, like WWE's been in USA's pocket for so long with Raw, etc. I mean, Raw technically flip flopped or whatever from uh, TNT to Spike at one point, I think, or UPN or no SmackDown went to UPN. That's right. Um, but it's always been USA Sci-Fi Channel, right? Maybe. Well, yeah, but that's that's under the umbrella of what USA is. Uh, so Fox, they've never been a part of this shit and they gave you all this money. You promised them all these viewers. Yeah. They're not fucking around. They're like, yeah, we want Roman. We want Lesnar. We want Goldberg. We want like, they're just naming. I heard Tony (laughs) D'Angelo. I heard Tony D'Angelo actually works for Fox. Uh, Probably. That sounds, sounds right. Wax, uh, some fucking kneecaps, you know, fucking, Douchebags. 
By the way, that's a Brooklyn I, accent and not a Chicago accent, Tony. But whatever. Uh, what, what's the guy? Uh, what's the guy that always wins in cards on the next day? Oh, nobody cares. It's a funny. Yeah. Anime. What's his name? <laughs> Who? <What's his> name? <laughs> uh, maybe he's gonna win it in a card game and then sell it to AEW. I guess. I, the fuck? Why is that a gimmick? <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. 2021, is that a gimmick? God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting pissed off now at NXT. It's like a card There's guy. There's a guy wrestling in a sweater vest as well. That's fine, whatever. I mean, like, you wrestle in a sweater <laughs> you're vest. Like, you're like, all right, fuck it, he's fashionable, shit. But, like, you're trying to build a storyline about a guy as a poker player? If he's a professional poker player, why would he be doing wrestling? He's not good. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's terrible at poker, I guess. But his whole gimmick is he's very good at poker. I fucking... As, oh my god, it's so 1992, like, WWF. I fucking hate it. Sort of got it. Bruce Pritchard, putting you on notice. If I ever see you in public, homie. <laughs> All right. I swear. Yeah. We'll, we'll fuck you up, Bruce Pritchard. You know, MJF has your phone number. We have MJF's phone number. We'll find God, you. Now, now it's on record now. So if I jump in, it's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> we don't know. He got beat up by a random guy. <laughs> All right, let's go over this pay-per-view, man, and kind of go over a little bit of uh, SmackDown. Get out of here. Uh, well, let's start off with the pre-show match. The Usos, the SmackDown champions. Remember SmackDown. Jay and Jimmy uh, went against the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin from Raw. I know they're not moving. I mean, this match, Usos ended up winning, retained the the the, the gold, if you will. The, the Hurt Business was only there for what happened later on with the match with Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. But pretty good match. Uh, less than 11 minutes. Chris, what would you think? Good match. I mean, it's Usos versus Hurt Business. It's a good match. Yep, uh, exactly. I, I, yeah, I mean, the the only thing I would say out of this is uh, me and you, we've been down, <laughs> down since day-ish. What is it? One-ish? One-ish? Over the Usos. One-ish? Down since day one-ish. Yeah, me and you on the Usos. Yep, exactly. It's because they're one of the best. All right, the first match on the card, 27-minute match. Between Edge and Seth Rollins in a hell in the cell, I thought these guys did great. I thought I knew Seth Rollins would be in this because he wants to make up for that other one that really wasn't his fucking fault. And he's not had the best matches also with The Fiend, which is probably not either their fault in Saudi Arabia. So I think he had something to prove in this. Him and Edge put out a great match. There's even a callback uh, from when <laughs> Edge went against Undertaker in the hell in the cell where he went off the top ropes, had uh, Taker on the, the stairs and, you know, had the fucking chair and smashed him. Uh, also, obviously, Chris, it's the ping pong shot. S- they set up a table. Seth gets railed to the goddamn hell in the cell, smashed off that, smashed off one side of the, the uh, ring and then threw a table. It looked devastating. If you watch it again, it just shows you how great Seth Rollins is with his body because he did it perfectly. But... I don't think I've ever seen a spot like this. I thought this was a great Hell in the Cell match and probably the best one I've seen since 
who was it? Was it Sasha and Becky a couple of years back? Maybe the Usos and the New Day. Those were two that stick out. Uh, but it was I thought it was a good match, man. And uh, Seth ended up losing, which I don't know how I feel about that. To his own move on a chair. Oh, fucked yeah, up. I, don't, I mean, it kills the feud, I guess, if you're going to move uh, Edge to the title picture. Did Edge need a win? Edge never needs to win. He's Edge. He comes on us, day, and you're just like, oh, shit's Edge. <laughs> he never needs to win. But, uh, yeah, I guess in, in storyline, he needs to win, right? Like, what's he lost? Like, three matches? Well, he beat Seth. I mean, he, he did lost. Get, he did get stacked up. <laughs> this trilogy was really good, man. It was. Much much better than the RKO uh, Edge trilogy, unfortunately. Did you like this weird um, painted Hell in a Cell? Because I was kind of a fan of it. The what Hell in a Cell? Was it not painted red, the cell? Oh, yeah. That's their doing now. It's so fucking strange. I don't know how I feel about it. I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. It, it It reminded me of the old school blue cages. Back in the day, yeah. I was like, if they're going to start doing this instead of red lighting, then I'm fine with it. <laughs> like, oh, my God. No fucking red lighting. Um, uh, Seth, Seth I, sold his ass off. This is a good match. This is a, it's a great match. It's definitely one to go watch. If you're if you're an Edge fan, for sure. There are a lot of callbacks, like you said. A lot of callbacks to other things that he has done. And also, as the guy on Twitter said, it's the best Hell in the Cell match Seth Rollins has ever had. No shit. Do you think he had something to prove with this? He's like, fuck this. I don't care if I like, <laughs> if I lose the ability to use my arm in this. Like, I'm having a good Hell in the Cell. Oh, Seth? Yeah, because he, because they shit, they, they fucked him so hard. I don't even want to talk about it. It's one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. They gave him that bullshit him and bray and i mean bray's not one of the best wrestlers in the entire world but if you're like seth rollins and bray wyatt and a hell in a cell and we talked about it i was like it could be good but wwe's gotta fuck it up and they they yep. did exactly that <laughs> i mean like bray's not an amazing in-ring worker but they could have had a great match the hell in a cell like especially that, that character yeah with the gimmick like yeah it would have been fine it's uh I just laughed really hard at that Twitter comment. It's like it's the best help and cell match Seth's ever had. No shit, man. It's like but yeah, good stuff, man. What best match on the card, honestly? I think easily. Um, well, I mean, I'm kind of jaded because our boy Austin Creek finally got it done. That was good eight, stuff too, man. Eight, eight years of him being on Twitter, being like, I want to be king of the ring. He finally got it done. Vince is like, fine. Don't ask me about the heavyweight title. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm excited for the concept of uh, Xavier Woods as a heel. I love, I love the, the whole thing last night where, where Kofi, like, you know, gave him his crown and gave him his robe. And I thought that was great. I'm going to have a lot of fun with, Xavier being the king um, on SmackDown. Yeah, it's gonna. Be Who's the last person that brought shit to fucking being the king? Booker T. Corbin. 
Oh, oh, you mean okay? I, I thought you meant last. Yeah, person like at the crown. I was like Corbin, but yeah, last person that was like got the crown over probably Booker, which is exactly why Xavier Woods wants to do it. Probably, I would think, because he knows he can do it. Yeah. I thought it was smart, Chris, that they went with the match they want next. Mansoor and uh, Mustafa Ali only had ten minutes, but. You got it's like who the fuck are they gonna put next because everyone's gotta be like completely depleted, including the person watching it. But if you're there and they did the Saudi Arabian hero, if you will, at Mansoor going against Ali, which they did a good job actually building up the storyline and making Mansoor relevant on fucking television before this. Usually as pop him in, yeah. it's like, here you go. And they had a good match and Mustafa Ali lost. And Mansoor went over. He started beating the crap out of him afterwards, pissed off. I need to look up this gentleman that came out and helped him out. I think it was Trek something. Uh, Trek karate. Uh, he basically should have won the gold medal, but they kind of fucked him in the Olympics uh, because he knocked the person out accidentally and he wasn't allowed to advance and they gave it to the other guy. How, so. how is that? How is that not an immediate win if you accidentally knock someone out with headgear? <laughs> because yeah, I guess because Taekwondo, they have weird fucking uh, stipulations and that shit. Same reason, like a Vander Holyfield got screwed out of a gold medal. I, I, I'm on. I'm on their side on this one. <laughs> they went crazy for that guy though. Uh, that was like a hometown hero. So very smart match, man. Very smart winner. The celebrity, even though we don't get it, I get why they did it over there, and it was a great reaction with the crowd. The crowd was hot tonight, by the way. They were saying chants in English the whole entire fucking night. Like it was, it was nice because usually it's kind of quiet. You can hear a fucking pin drop, but they were at a smaller arena, and I actually think that helped out the show. To be honest with you, because they weren't yeah, in Jeddah. I, no, I agree with you. I think I think it was a good show overall, especially with the crowd. And uh, it doesn't, it, I mean, it doesn't hurt when you get Seth Rollins versus Edge and Hell and Cell <laughs> to get people hyped. Oh shit! But, uh, Brock Lesnar's uh, on the bill. <laughs> yeah, but the hometown hero thing, I was like, WWE's really just gonna send the crowd home happy. They've not done that in so long. They really did. This that's the one thing I would say about this pay per view is they, for the most part. Like Edge won, right? Then Mansu won, and then you get like Karate Chop champion, a uh, gold medalist over here, or who should be a gold medalist. <laughs> it's chopping people's heads off. And then we we continue on. It's all like the things they should do here, <laughs> they did there. <laughs> you know, like it's okay for a good guy to win every once in a while. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe they think that America is jaded, but uh, they gave a lot of good guy wins on this pay-per-view. And it is Tarek Hamdi. That is the name of the gentleman. Uh, wanted to get that right. Forgot to bring that up earlier. Uh, anyways, good stuff. The next match I was... Oh my. I, d- I definitely don't want to get a karate shot by this guy. Yeah, I don't either. Kick in the Come face like I'll lead it. No. Yeah, no, I'm good, dude. Ali sold it like a champ, though. I feel bad for yeah. Mustafa Ali for having to be. And Mustafa guy. Ali, as soon as your contract's up, I think you'll be a huge star, specifically in AEW. 
Mansoor, um, as soon as your contract's up, I think you could be a big star in AEW. They only use you like yeah. two times a year, and you're a good wrestler. It sucks. And one from, you know, who's actually from Saudi Arabia, but there's not a lot of representation of, of Middle Eastern descent within professional wrestling organizations. So, obviously, we know Ali's ex-cop Chicago, but he's, you know, Pakistani. Uh, it would be nice to kind of fill that up if WWE's not going to do jack shit with them and only think that someone like Jinder, Jinder Mahar is a uh, person to put over. Or the Great Kali. I, I did appreciate them giving him 10 minutes and a, a good finish for that match, for sure. Match was good, too. Match, they yeah, both but, really good. Yeah, I, I like Mansoor a lot. I wish they did more with him. Uh, but Great Stop pure Ali, baby yeah, Mustafa Ali have just kind of given up on because they saddled him with so many terrible gimmicks. It's, to it's me, be he's like Chad Gable or Ricochet, where if he gets out, I think I'll be much more happier for them, but it's hard to take him seriously at this point. But they haven't fucked up Bonsoir, you know? No. <laughs> yeah, it's no. <laughs> but like with Mustafa Ali, they've given him so much bullshit, it's it's hard to come back from, you know. Like you can't go from being the Brooklyn brawler to Hulk Hogan. Oh god, that's a good point. Oh Lord. All right, well, uh next match, RK Bro, Randy Orton and Riddle went against AJ Styles and Amos. This was kind of like it was for the Raw Tag Team Championships. RK Bro went over it was a good raw match. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the beginning of it because there had to have been a conversation probably with Bruce Pritchard and Vince with Randy and fucking uh, uh, Matt Riddle because what do we have happen? I noticed this actually earlier was there was a bunch of fucking camels and I'm like, what the hell are the camels over there for? And I'm realizing (laughs) it's very close to where they're doing the explosion. So maybe camels don't react like every other fucking animal, but... Just saying, we have RK Bro come out, and since Bobby Heenan, Matt Riddle is on one of the camels, and Randy Orton is trying to be as far the fuck away from that shit as he could possibly be. I just want to know if they were like, so Randy, we're going to have you and Matt on camels, and Randy was like, no, I'm not. I am not fucking riding a camel to the goddamn ring. And Matt Riddle was like, dude, I'll fucking do a camel. You know, I feel like that's exactly what happened, Chris. I don't care about the match. It was very, very... We know AJ's a great wrestler. When him and Matt got in there, it was good. But it was fine. RK Bro went over. That entrance was absolutely ridiculous, and I loved it. It's fucking phenomenal. Oh, my God. It's the best. It was the best. It also fits Randy's character. He looks so happy. It also fits Randy's character of being like, nah, fuck them camels. <laughs> but also, like Randy Orton's like one of the most safe wrestlers you could have. Like him and the Miz, you know, they're not gonna do anything extra yeah. shit. He's like, what if this camel fucks up and breaks my neck or some shit? <laughs> you know, even if they wanted I think to even do visually it, do it, <laughs> yeah. But it fits the character of him just being like, oh. The only thing that uh, I don't know, man, I expected Matt Riddle to just like do a 360 off the camel with his razor scooters. Matt Riddle's great. You hated him for a while, but he's fucking great. I told you, King of Bros, he's good. 
I can't wait. He was for... great in NXT. His beginning in Raw was fucking terrible, but the whole Randy Orton thing has revitalized him for me. Like I find I, him funny now. I I like the him and Randy Orton are a weird. I mean, they just did the same thing they did in the NXT. They put him with Pete yeah. Dunne, and it's hilarious because Pete Dunne is his fucking legitimate ass kicker, and. The King of Bros, I mean, he's a legitimate ass kicker, but he's a laid-back guy, you know? <laughs> but he's a stallion. Yeah, he's fucking stallion, bro stallion. Also, I have that shirt. <laughs> I'll send you a picture oh of it. God. The RK Bro <laughs> snake shirt. It's the best. It's the absolute best. That's the first thing I saw and I had to buy on WWE when they're like 30% off or whatever, you know, because they do commercials during their pay-per-views. Um... <laughs> I had to get that one. I was like, the RK bro. It's great. I, I, I love RK bro. Also, I mean, AJ Styles was there, so it was a good match. Almost is, uh, uh, he, I, I don't think he's coming along as fast as they want him to. And AJ's like, I could, I, I'm sure AJ somewhere is like, I can have a good match with him. And it's like, yeah, AJ, of course you could have a good match with him, but we need him to have good matches with everyone else. But look, yeah, think about who's on the roster now. We can have him and Seth again, but actually for a long period of time, him and Finn, him and like it's there's the the raw roster when it comes to workers is now stacked. I don't want AJ with the Giant anymore. I want him by himself. I, I mean, almost is great. I'm sure we can find some other place for him. Like I said, put him in the fucking hurt business. Have him be the heavy for them. Have them take him underneath their wing. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Like, we kind of talked about this before, but do you feel like they're just waiting to pull the trigger? Like, who's going to pull the trigger first with Wardlow and MJF or AJ and uh, <laughs> almost, almost? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they're just both stuck in this weird thing that doesn't matter. <laughs> you have different audiences. I don't think it matters that much. Also, almost is not the same person as Wardlow. No. He's, and the thing is, from what I've seen, I think that I can say he's better than both Giant Gonzalez and the Great Kali. He's, and he's he, got a hell of a lot of personality, too. Yeah, he's, he just has to be a big-ass guy that can chop people. This is what I was saying about, uh, you know, the giant earlier, Fall Light. Like, what do you expect from a guy that size? Like, yeah, I don't expect him to be doing moonsaults and shit. I mean, it happens, but it's not – that's not what I would expect. A guy that's seven foot tall, he chops you in the chest. Dude, you're dead. Normal yep. people die <laughs> from that shit. So uh, maybe Shane can come back and be his best friend and they can go have a club where they have knuckle boxing in the basement. Um, God, so fucking this is exactly the time period I stopped watching girl. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I watch it, but don't watch it. In quotation. Oh, that was so hard to get through, man. Between that and the fucking what was it? Resilience. Ali's group. Oh man, where they were shutting off the power or whatever. This is how this is how bad that stuff was. We already forgot it, and it was like six months ago. It's no, it, it had a name. I can't remember. T Bar and J Bar and Blow J. All those guys were there. <laughs> Blow J. Dick <laughs> right. the guy with a mask. She was there. <laughs> with the, 
What? I have no. Bu- they still have them with the same dumbass names. Like, I don't... well, now they're on different <laughs> rosters. <laughs> so dumb. Um... All right. Speaking about blowjays, Chris, I've never had one that lasts uh, twenty minutes. Um, also, what else lasted not even twenty minutes? The whole entire fucking Queen of the Ring tournament. All Dang. the matches equivalented was less than 18 minutes. Have you never had one that lasted 20 minutes? Let me turn you on to Blue Chew. This is an advertisement. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 any, I don't know why I went that route, but I thought that I could make it funny, and it was awkward while I was saying it. So I just went with it still. But uh, Zelina Vega I mean- beat Dewdrop. Uh, really, honestly, I'm glad for Zelina. I don't think they're going to do anything with her past this. It's just WWE and they're fucking petty. And I think she's great. Um, but this should have been won by Shayna Baszler. Dewdrop should not have gotten that random fucking win out of nowhere. That was stupid. Uh, and I like Piper Niven. I hate this Dewdrop thing. I hate that they're making her dance on the fucking way to the goddamn ring. But Shayna Baszler is the queen of spades, you idiots. God damn it, you finally made her look like she did in NXT and she loses a dewdrop to lose the queen of the fucking ring tournament. Like I said, all the matches, less than 20 minutes. This was kind of a slap in the face to the women's division, to me. But good on you, Selena, for winning. Oh, you already threw the number out there where all of them combined was 20 minutes for this tournament? Yeah, that, that's that, the blowjay thing. My, I've never been able to last 20 minutes, but neither has the whole entire women's <laughs> tournament. Jesus. That was my joke. I know it was a terrible joke. Hey, I like Zelina Vega. So <laughs> me too. But should I mean, Shayna fucking won? Should the Queen of Spades won the fucking first inaugural thing after she's been destroying people and breaking their arm? Why the fuck did she lose a dewdrop? I don't know, Dame. Why was she in a tag team with Nia Jax? So now mad. We're asking, I'm so now we're just asking questions that don't matter. Like she should have just so immediately mad. been. She was a vampire one time, Dane. You could have farted and missed this goddamn match. <laughs> it was five minutes and fifty-five seconds long. That's it, Dane. She was a vampire one time. <laughs> oh yeah, to Becky Lynch. I forgot about that shit. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm not surprised that they would fuck her over. I, Vince obviously like, doesn't like her. She wants her to be on the roster. Favorite, but. My two favorite things in this contest. You have you have this concept where Shayna broke Nia's arm. Uh, she broke Eva Marie's arm. She almost did it to fucking Dana Brooke, but she fucked her up. She's wrecking people, beating everyone finally. And she loses... The second match in this fucking tournament to do drop. Then also on the men's side, you have it where uh, Jinder Mahal is going against Kofi Kingston. If Kofi wins, they even say this, you're going to have him and Xavier. And you didn't do that. Instead, Jinder fucking beat Kofi. And we had to have Jinder lose to Xavier. So there's nothing really that special within this whole entire thing. Everything you built up potentially didn't even happen, and I love I, that Xavier has it. I love that Zelina has it, but it's just a pointless fucking tournament. I, I didn't have that big of a problem with uh, Kofi losing. Because well, of course. I, I feel at the end of the day, they're going to keep that tag team together. 
because they have zero. You can, you can have them. Team. They can just have a a tag or a, a match where it's just two friends going in there. They've done that before. Oh, you're talking about norm, you're talking about normal wrestling or Vince McMahon wrestling. <laughs> oh, that is a good point. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's no, they can't. They can't out. have that. <laughs> we can't have nice things, Vince. Yeah. Do you understand this? Um, that would have been great, though. Cuffy versus Xavier. That would be a banger-ass match, which I think we're going to get. They already started it. They planted the seed. Xavier's already starting to be a dick. He's going to turn heel. And uh, I wish he would have done with the Hurt Business, honestly. We talked mm. about this like six months ago. Remember when uh, Bobby Lashley recruited him? Or not Bobby Lashley. MVP recruited him. It was like, hey, I want you to be part of the, the Hurt Business. Or whatever and like did some kind of voodoo on his mind so that like xavier was bad for one show remember that and then it just got skated over it's like oh i guess we're not going that route yeah i remember all this unfortunately these <laughs> twists and turns yes <laughs> but uh xavier woods is a heel uh cocky ass motherfucker with the crown on uh versus kofi that's that's Good WrestleMania storyline. We'll see where they go, but I just, I don't know. Especially Shayna Baszler. She should have just won this fucking thing. Uh, all right, so next match. Well, I mean, me and you are always going to be baffled on how you miss on Shayna Baszler, right? Like, let's go back to how long did she have the NXT title? It was like 300 days or something. Yeah. She, she should have came. She should have came in like snapping necks and cashing checks, and then she's in a tag team with Nia. So like, I have no faith in their ability to book Shane. Shayna obviously pissed somebody off. That that's my go-to on that one. Uh, I'm starting to think that as well, man. I don't know. All right, so next we had uh, Mr. Bill Goldberg going against Bobby Lashley. Goldberg, of course, is uh, trying to avenge his son and. Vows to kill Bobby Lashley and told him that many times in a no holds barred falls count anywhere match. I believe it was announced pre- on the I... fucking pre-show. Yeah, and they dialed it back and they announced it again, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Like they kept flopping on what this match was gonna be and who what the finish was gonna be, and they did it on the pre-show. So they were like, it's extreme rules. And then they were like, it's not extreme rules. It's re- re- it's extreme rules again. <laughs> They did this a couple Balls of times. Balls count anywhere. Yeah, so they like couldn't figure out what the fuck they were doing, which is not surprising. But, uh, yeah, sorry. Had to get that out there because I watched the pre-show, unfortunately. <laughs> and you were just as confused as I was. Good stuff. All right, well, this match went on 11 minutes, 25 seconds. Um, I'm just going to say it. Besides the fact that I have no idea... How the fuck Goldberg, maybe he hit the post again, busted his head open. Obviously, it was not that bad, but right at the beginning of the goddamn match, I was like, oh, Jesus, are we doing this again? And then they pulled off a pretty damn good match. I'm going to put a lot of that on Bobby Lashley. Uh, he sold like a motherfucker for, for Goldberg. Uh, I definitely think they should have a third one just to probably put Bobby over. Not saying this is just like with Edge. I don't know if I blame the veteran. I don't think anyone's politicking. I think that Vince... Sees things a certain way, and that's the way he went. 
But then again, Bobby in the first match destroyed Goldberg, so maybe they have reason. What I'm trying to say is I can't believe that Goldberg this age, especially with his track record, especially with his track record in Saudi Arabia, probably had the best match he's had in a very long time since the Brock Lesnar match. And it was way longer than his usual matches, I would say. Um, I mean, even in 11 minutes and 25 seconds, the fact that they did a spear off the fucking thing through some tables. Uh, technically, Bobby Lashley can complain, though, because his shoulders were not actually on the ground. He was on a table on top of a bunch of shit. But whatever. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Not only did Goldberg look good, not only were his promos actually pretty good, and I don't know how he got good in the last five or six years at promos, but they've been much better since when he was just, you know, and that the whole entire time. But uh, he looked good in this match, and it wasn't bad. And Bobby Lashley, thank you for putting over Bill Goldberg. Hopefully you have another one you can beat him. Uh, so there's some type of balance in this whole entire fucking thing. There's no balance. <laughs> That's it. It's all done. Bobby Lashley is just going to be shot into the ground, unfortunately. Where do you go from this? Why would you have... Fuck out of here, Bill Goldberg. Jesus Christ, no one cares. The fans don't care. The people that grew up watching Bill Goldberg are me and you who are internet nerds that still kind of watch wrestling and and talk about how bad Bill Goldberg was. No, there's no fan base there. His kid, fuck his kid. They should have never they should have never dialed back MVP like having him be like he didn't know it was your kid. No, Bobby Lashley shouldn't knew knew that was his kid. That would have been the build up for this match. He's like, yeah, I knew it was your kid. Fuck your kid. That would have been a good build up. And then they just give us a weird weapons match or whatever the hell you want to do kind of match because I guess Goldberg was trying to kill him. Uh, it was fine. It's, it, it was a very good Goldberg match. Not his best WWE Goldberg match because I would say Lesnar. Yeah, uh, was his best, but I, I mean, for what Goldberg can do, you didn't see Undertaker strolling out there to fight his ass again. <laughs> dropped, <laughs> dropped, dropped well, his punk ass on his head. That, that's by the, the way, this wasn't a this wasn't a wrestling match. It was a brawl. <laughs> at least, uh, you know, I will say, Undertaker was not in a match against Goldberg, thankfully, but he was at the huge Saudi Arabian festival introducing Pitbull. That was fucking weird. I watched that video and I was like, why the fuck is the undertaker in full makeup and everything on a video entrance for Pitbull? Um, I mean, he, he probably got fucked. Cause when you think of the dead man, when you think of the dead man, you think of Pitbull. I know I mean, it's but, money, but, but maybe that's what he works out to, you know, he puts on some Pitbull, he gets in the gym, just starts. You know, he's just he's just pumping those out. <laughs> you know, like, like if it know. was like Slayer or Metallica or Rob Zombie or even yeah. Wu Tang Clan, I'd be like, like, okay, I get it. Every, it's Undertaker. Everything they've told us about Undertaker up until this point of things Undertaker listens. You guys to. are gonna love Pitbull because he comes from the darkness down below. Like, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe Pitbull does. I don't know, man. Shit. I hate his music, but maybe that that's why he comes from the darkness down below. <laughs> I mean, I like Slayer, so <laughs> maybe they're from the heavens above. I, I have no fucking idea. It's Undertaker. Who cares? 
You don't know how the fucking afterlife is, god dang it. Yeah. Well, exactly. we kind of already talked about Xavier Woods. He beat Finn Balor. It was a really fucking good match, man. I mean, you got these two in the ring. I don't know how the hell you're going to have a bad match. I don't know if Finn needed to be in this. I think he could have had someone that could take a, a pin that would have been just as big. And all. I, I don't know. They've built Finn. Even with them losing to Roman, they still keep him strong somewhat. So, and I also was not. I thought that it could have been possible because WWE's fucking WWE where Xavier loses, but this position pinned because he's a demon king, maybe doing that full time or something. I was thinking that could happen. But thankfully, Xavier won. I don't know if Finn should have been in this tournament, but I'm glad that Xavier is the king of the ring. He wanted this. He got it. He'll do some stuff with it. Good for him, man. Like, good for him. Big E won the title, right? Got the title. Kofi won the title. All Xavier wanted was to be king of the ring for the past seven years. So the fact that happened, it made me super happy. It sucks that it's a, uh, I mean, I don't know what you do with Finn from here. Because Xavier is a mid-card guy, unless they're going to build him. If he's going to be a heel, that's a whole different story. But uh, right now, I mean, like, Finn just caught couple L's and then also lost to Xavier Woods. So he's like Dolph Ziggler <laughs> right now. Oh, don't say that. Oh, <laughs> am I wrong though? <laughs> like... No. Do you think, all right, let's, let's go into the opposite concept though. If they were to have, and we wouldn't have liked this, but this is WWE. If Finn beat Xavier Woods and then became the demon king permanently wearing the crown looking evil as shit maybe even going to a heel persona with it that wouldn't have been that terrible I no no one but no one would have done that they would d- did a crown match after xavier won the thing and then you know the demon came up and was like that's my crown and you could have the rematch or whatever and maybe they hmm. still will do that but that's interesting uh, yeah no no wrestling company is gonna good wrestling companies don't try to fuck over their fans dude <laughs> that's just a WWE this is the WWE <laughs> have you ever heard of it <laughs> yeah like Xavier Woods out here with up up down down Austin Creed talking about how he wants to be the, the, the goddamn king of the ring for a bazillion years the, the fact that it finally paid off, you don't screw over your fans on it. And and I, I was actually surprised because I thought they would do some demon kind of st- But also, like, if you're Finn Balor, you don't want to do the demon thing again after that last pay-per-view. Yeah. What, what, like, he died because the ropes broke randomly and he, like, had shocking orgasms because his music hit? Like, Oh, my God. Oh, no one, well, obviously, they're bringing back the demon because they made that very apparent when he got signed uh, in this draft that the demon and Finn Balor are coming to Monday Night Raw. So, Vince is probably going to fuck it up more. It's going to be a lot well, of fun. I mean, if it's going to be him and Xavier in a feud, that could be fun. Especially if he's like a very demonic character. If, if they take it, which they want. I don't even know why I fucking talk about this stuff. Cause yeah, why do we even try to like say stuff that's better than what they're fucking going to do? Because it just aggravates us. Yeah, Because it would be cool if, if you keep on going, Finn goes heel, 
but in almost like a malicious, I'm pissed off that I lost to Xavier Woods. And then you have King Xavier versus the Demon King and putting Finn in more of like a general evil direction. That'd be a lot of fun. But guess what? It's not going to happen. They're going to yeah, have I'm Xavier sure, I'm sure, against I'm sure Austin Creed. Mansoor. Sure, Austin Creed and uh, Mr. Finn Balor, Prince Devitt would fucking love the shit out of that. <laughs> and you're like, all right, so I'm going to wear my crown and you get to wear this weird ass deer antler demon crown and we can go in the ring and have a fight. And if you win, you win. Then I'll have to chase you for it. You know, it's, it's not wrestling is not that fucking hard. <laughs> like, it's really not. No, it's not. I mean, instead you expect Vince going, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to give you bagpipes like Roddy Roddy Piper. Wait, that's Scottish. What the hell's Scottish? You, you, you got bagpipes now or some shit like that. That's. I that's... mean, the part that makes wrestling hard is the in-between of like, can these two people have a good match? But Xavier Woods and Prince Devitt can have a fucking good match. It's, that's, a easy, that's an easy question. It's like, can... great promos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, if it was like uh, Dewdrop versus I don't know Zelina Vega, <laughs> you got to build this up for WrestleMania. That's hard. There's a lot of storytelling that might be involved in that to make that a good match. But uh, like, yeah, like Xavier Woods was. It's gonna be a good match. I mean, yep. Xavier Woods has been wrestling since. Uh, lethal consequences back in the day uh, with him and Jay Lethal team together when he was Austin Creed uh, which you can't use the name Creed but even though they have a tag team called Creed now <laughs> on fucking NXT fuck up Creed brothers <sighs> nice yeah. size right at the same time simultaneously all right last three matches though were really good actually the majority of this pay-per-view was good even the Stuff that wasn't like the RK Bro, AJ almost, we've seen that, but it was still a good match. Uh, the women's one was abysmal. That's probably like the worst thing. But these last three matches and the Hell in the Cell match, I thought really held it down. And I love seeing Xavier win, having a good match with Finn too. Biggie, Drew McIntyre, WWE Championship, 13 minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, the two big guys slapping meat, right, Chris? Big, I mean, big man slapping meat. I, I, wanted, I wanted them to give... Uh, I want maybe that's where it's going. Is there gonna give Big E? I mean, if you're just gonna give all of uh, like New Day a prize for being New Day, maybe Big E will finally get to get, get together with Goldberg at WrestleMania. I thought that they were gonna do that here, but also Big Men slapping me. It's a good match. Hard hitting man, Drew McIntyre. He's stiff as hell. Yeah, I mean, he's he looked fucking great in this match. Biggie yeah, they beat like the living Biggie. hell out of each other. He did look like Biggie, I would say. I mean, uh, I mean, he didn't do anything crazy. Like, I, I Drew for me was a standout in this match, and I'm not a big Drew McIntyre fan. That Claymore he, kick, man, he he makes that look really good sometimes when he nails it. And I think he hit it to him on the outside, or did he hit it to the outside and then Biggie? Crawled to the outside. I think he hit it to him on the outside. The ring. Didn't he hit him and then the and then Big E rolled out and they made a big I deal think about so. that? Yeah. It still it That's, was 
regardless, it doesn't matter. It's it's Claymore cake. It looks good. Big like Biggie and Drew, they look great in this. I think Biggie works better with smaller people. Yeah, I agree. Although he did manhandle him and fucking powered his ass up to get into the uh the his finisher. Um and Drew's a fucking big dude, so the big ending. So that was pretty cool at the end. But yeah, good yeah. match, man. Drew's now on SmackDown and uh, probably going to be cannon fodder for uh, Roman Reigns, I would assume. Yeah, he's cost. He's lost like the last seven matches, so there's no reason to care about him. So there's that. And I like Drew, but there, it's just what it is, man. And I'm sure he can get back, but Roman's got the title. He's on SmackDown. He's a good person to go against Roman. He's going to lose against Roman. Roman's going to keep on going. Um, that's just how it is. But... Next match, triple threat. A, or oh, the WWE. Breaking, breaking news. Jim Ross has skin cancer. He posted that. God, man. The rash looked terrible that he posted. He's like, I finally got this checked out with the doctor. I'm going to find out uh, what exactly it is. And it's this giant opening in his leg. And I'm like, why didn't you? Like, ugh. Sometimes the uh, older generation, they're tough-ass, tough-ass people. But they kind of just think they can get over it i guess because not like jr doesn't have money so hope the best for uh jr because nice. i mean melanoma can be minimal but you don't it, it looked like a crater chris was coming out of his fucking leg yeah i just saw that pop up and i was like damn well uh get well soon jr i believe in you and also you're tougher than two dollar steak well well Anyways, let's uh let's let's finish this. Triple threat, WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. These ladies really played off each other really well. I already talked about the spot where literally she has a gorilla pressed and puts one of her arms down, and Bianca is going up and down with Sasha Banks and slams her behind her. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Becky, her selling is great, man. Whenever she's like, she can't believe she didn't get a pin or something like that. And she starts like, like, I don't know. Becky is just really good. It was, this is a fun fucking match. It went on almost 20 minutes. And because of a roll up, Becky ended up beating Sasha Banks for it. And, uh, I, we're going to talk about the weird, we're going to talk about the beginning of the end of SmackDown basically next after this. But yeah, I thought. Sasha Banks was going to win because she's going to Raw. But I was wrong. Or she's going to SmackDown and Becky's going to Raw. But I was wrong about that. So I don't know what the hell they're doing, Chris. They're trying to couple these women back together and, and save it for Bailey coming back at Rumble, is my guess. So they have multiple outs, regardless of the program. You can send Bailey one way or the other. But it's going to be Bailey. She's winning Rumble. I mean, if she's ready by the time Rumble rolls around, she's she's winning fucking Rumble. So the rest of it's kind of just going to be there. Because that's how Vince books, dude. <laughs> but I I I mean, I would have put it back on Bianca in you know built towards that and then had her lose it doesn't matter like how many championships charlotte have like seventeen thousand at this point or <laughs> or sasha well they erase like two nxt reigns uh, by the way if we are actually talking about in reality 
if we add the NXT title reigns back to that and add the fact that she just switched titles, that now she has a new reign, Charlotte, she's beaten her dad, hasn't she? Well, in actuality, in WWE version logic Rick's (gasps) reigns, because doesn't like doesn't Rick have like 38 or something weird? I mean, he held Puerto Rico. Yeah, he he held the New Japan title for like one day. Like, (laughs) he's. I don't think it counts. (laughs) It's no. uh, But yeah, I mean, within WWE, yes, she. I mean, I would think she would have the. Actually, I would think John Cena actually has the reign, the most important reign, of being a WWE guy that carried that many titles. Um, but you know. Who am I to debate with uh, logic that gets deleted because you're NXT? I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's a good match. I actually thought Bianca was going to win, which didn't happen. So. Me too. But I'm also glad that Bianca didn't take the loss because I think Sasha can take it. Yeah, well, I mean, like if she's going to show up for work next week, I guess. <laughs> We'll we'll see. That's an ongoing thing. Um, her and Leo Rush and Kylie Ray might meet up to have lunch or some shit. Also, Charlotte Flair is fucking heated. So there's that. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. Like I said, we'll talk about the beginning and ending of SmackDown. But l- before we get to that, the reason of the beginning of SmackDown and what it made it so fun. Uh, we had a pretty damn good match with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. It's 12 minutes for the Universal Championship. Uh, Roman... Paul Heyman was the most quiet I've ever seen him in a fucking match. Not saying a god dang <laughs> word the whole entire time. I, this guy should be an actor. Like past the Thunderball movie or whatever the fuck we always joke around about. But like Rollerball. Rollerball. <laughs> Rollerball. Um, but Shout he, out Hello Cool J. Hello Cool J. Um, he's just he's fucking great, man. And I love that 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 storyline. I don't think we're getting the Rock. I think this is going to be Brock coming back. Uh, I'm assuming at Royal Rumble, if not just attacking Roman and the person that wins the Rumble is a Raw guy, then Brock goes through the Royal Rumble and wins because I, I just really think this is setting up because Brock got fucked. He got screwed over. It was stuff like we usually I, I feel like we need like a hell in the cell or, or something to keep anyone out. Uh, but, you know, Paul Heyman throwing the friggin title between the two of them at the end. Really great element. Who was he going to help out? That would be kind of complimented from last night on SmackDown from that opening with Roman, but they beat the living hell out of each other. I mean, Roman took them to suplex city. I've watched these guys at WrestleMania have matches. What twice, maybe three times. And I didn't give a shit about it. This I did care about the way they have reversed it. Roman being a heel Brock for some fucking reason, being a baby face is just working. This is a lot of fun. And, uh, the ending's the ending. Uh, Brock, we'll talk about it. We're, we'll go right into SmackDown right after this. But what did you think about this match, Chris? Loved it. Absolutely incredible. Great Paul Heyman booking. Whoever the road agent, whatever idea he came up with, Paul was like, no, fuck that. We're going to do this. And it was absolutely incredible. Like you said, when Roman started suplexing Brock, I was like, oh, shit. I'm on board for this. It's so it's so good, dude. It's such great storytelling. It's the best thing in wrestling right now. I know people don't like we shit on WWE a lot, but like this is the best storyline in wrestling. 
in general. Like, it is. Like, Roman is the god. He's beast mode. Like, him and Paul together and then Brock coming after him, it's the best. I mean, like, if you're not a Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fan in boxing, you're like, this guy's a better boxer, etc. Better whatever. That's the marquee. <laughs> That's what they're going to put on the marquee. It's Brock versus Roman. And it was fucking great. I loved it. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. It's this rivalry they've built for years. They might have not done the best thing uh, in certain regards, especially with Roman now being a heel. Like I said, that really complements it better. But now with the storyline, with who is Paul Heyman going to end up going with? It's just it's 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 a lot of fun, man. And like I said, these guys beat the living hell out of each other. They both trust each other a lot. You know, I know from what Roman said, at least that Brock likes him. And uh, I just think that they they work well together. And if this is mania. Yeah. Did I really want the rock versus Roman Reigns? Yes. But maybe there's a potential to see that in L.A., which would make a lot of sense the next year. So who knows? We'll see what happens. That should be, I think, where the where it goes. But if it's Brock coming back, like I said, at Royal Rumble, which now and they did a good job of taking Brock off it, Chris, I think last night with suspending him. He comes back at Rumble and then that leads to him and Roman at Mania. I'll be down for that. Yeah, that that thing is still up in the air with Rock and, and whether Rock is going to be there, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, you could still have Brock at Rumble and have Dwayne the Rock Johnson show up in the Olympic. That would be fine too. But if they've they can set themselves they've set themselves up in a good situation either way because like we just don't want to see Brock versus I I like I'm personally a fan of Brock Lesnar as we've talked about I feel like he gets a lot of unneeded hate. Um, One of the most legitimate professional wrestlers of all time. I think he's an absolute badass. And him versus Roman in a long format match in WrestleMania. Like, look, if you want a good Brock match, we're talking about cousins. Brock versus The Rock. <laughs> it's a great match. Like, if you want Brock to go, he's going to give you that. You paid him for it. He's going to give you all he's got. I mean, he's not going to go like crazy. He's not going to do moonsaults, Kurt Angle, um, <laughs> anymore in his older age. But. I mean, Brock is fucking great. I mean, he's great chasing the title. That is, I love babyface Brock, dude. I love it. I love everything about it. I think it's absolutely incredible. And Paul Heyman being this little weaselly ass motherfucker in between makes it even better. It's so good. He tossed the belt between the two of them. I know. It's, it's Paul. This is all Paul Heyman. It's all Paul Heyman. Brock and Roman must have been like, we want to do this, but only if you let Paul Heyman book this. It's it's so Paul Heyman. <laughs> it's not even close of who who booked this. <laughs> it's, we want to do this. And Paul's like, well, let me talk to Brock. Let me talk to Roman. Yeah, so they say I'm the only person that's going to get to book this match because it's that match. And, and they both turned out for it. That's the thing is like, you know, Huh. It's almost like if you were to let Paul Heyman do some stuff on Raw. With, I don't know, 
<sighs> the guy that's making money for a different company named Malachi Black. <laughs> or other people you have on your roster, like oh, the Good Brothers and FTR. <laughs> he might have had a vision for. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's not like this guy didn't. <laughs> Take a bunch of guys, give them a chance on SmackDown, and make superstars out of them when you wouldn't fucking let them, like Eddie Guerrero and Edge and the rest of the people. Kurt Angle, you know, elevating him by turning him heel. Of course, he wouldn't have been able to do the same thing for Malachi Black, uh, Angel Garza, Buddy Murphy, and a lot of the guys that he thought would be big. But, you know, you guys keep on doing what you're doing. It's definitely working out for you. That's all I got to say about that. That's all, all I right. got to say about that. Um, yeah, I mean, not to like harken on it too much, but there was a time period where they said they were going to let Paul Heyman do booking. <laughs> yeah. Remember this? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he wanted to put over people like Alistair. He wanted to put Andrade over, Angel Garza. Buddy Murphy's trying to build new stars, but they didn't let him do that. And now they, most of those guys are not even in the company anymore. Weird. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was just saying. Like, all of them got fired. They're Paul Heyman guys. One day when Paul Heyman gets tired of this bullshit and he, and he takes Brock to this other company and he has all of these Paul Heyman guys, uh, WWE's in for a fucking shitstorm. Yep. He's his actual manner manager in real life too because like if he shows up as like cm like in cm punk's corner because cm punk's paul Heyman guy remember the shirts and oh man the place would go crazy i don't know what the fuck song you'd play for him because his theme music is so well known but if all of a sudden cm punk's cutting a promo in the ring and aw brock lesnar with paul Heyman comes out i would shit my pants if I'm WWE, keep... I'm giving Paul Heyman stupid money to just stay there. They must have. They must. They, they they have to. Because if he leaves, now that Roman's been with him for so long, and it's it's Roman's resurgence of being the great athlete that he can be, great professional wrestler he can be, that's all Paul. I don't want to say it's all Paul, because a lot of it is Roman's talent. They started doing it during covid and having to be a little more heel or whatever, but it's Paul's booking, dude. It's 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 Paul Heyman. It's it's got shades of Paul all over it. What is that conversation like? Like Vince calls Paul and he's like, "Well, fuck you. I'm just talking to Brock and Roman on the other line. I don't have time for you. <laughs> Do you want a Mania match or not? Like." <laughs> Think about that. And it's he, pretty he, crazy. And you know Paul's over there just loving it. Like, absolutely digging into that. He's like, I got one up on Vince. If I leave right now, he has no storyline to Mania. Like, if Paul just quit tomorrow, it was like, fuck wrestling. And just left. What is Vince He is a storyline. He is a storyline. <laughs> Vince probably has him in a contract then, just like a talent. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he does. I mean, he did get put into a contract when he got fired or whatever. Remember For that? His, yep. 
or demoted, I guess. But uh, like also at the same t- time, independent contractor, he didn't have to give a shit. He could <laughs> just leave. <laughs> like it's not his fault if Vince McMahon can't book a WrestleMania without him. Man. No, I really do. I, I have done everything like, I possibly could on my end. Just there is absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yeah, like, I could totally see Paul really, fucking when you talk being about like AEW, that. But let's uh, let's finish this up. I want to talk a little, yeah. like I said, a little bit about SmackDown, but storyline because it pertains to exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's Roman best, comes out. Best, Paul's best holding the uh, championship and, and a microphone, and WWI. just looks completely bewildered, staring at Roman the whole entire Too time. Kind of has this slight smirk on his face. He kind of calls out when they get in the ring immediately. Damon's allegiance surgery to him. Wow, you did a really good job. Handing me the microphone. It's weird that you couldn't do that with the title last night. Package <laughs> of everything, right? And he would go <laughs> on and say, I'm the greatest universal champion of all time. Like, it's right after draw, Pat McAfee. Drawing power. Going, go! And storylines. Go! Good storylines. I love something to Pat do with McAfee's that. enthusiasm. He uh, maybe Paul makes Hagen's Michael Cole story. seem it's less terrible. <laughs> Why is um, he on PWI? Dude, he is fucking perfect in that role. You know, going from great storylines, I don't think this is supposed to be a storyline. We'll finish the show by talking about something from Mike Jones. Johnson that goes into the last segment of last night's SmackDown. Um, so basically, back we had Sonya Deville. You can do and both. this is going to be a I'm title sure swap. I hate this. I thought this right, was dumb. But anyways, I'm the greatest universal champion There's been rumors that they, they might be unifying the women's champion and division. The list has got just so one. long now. And basically we can't even just stop like the tag the champion goes from one brand to the other. I Brock Lesnar so bad, he's Maybe they were doing that. I should have known. Uh, just uh, like with the Street Profits and, basically and the fucking he kept New Day last saying year. that he wasn't leaving until them, fucking Brock Lesnar uh, came to know, the swap ring. Them. So and we go to a commercial break. We come back. He's Mike still Johnson. in the damn like ring. We'll go over still what waiting. happened. And, that and then Lesnar's Becky music Lynch finally hit. And Charlotte Flair. At first, I was like, but you know, they talked about the tweet said there was backstage confrontation. Like I said, this is apparently from his source. Just don't obliterate know Roman Reigns, true, basically. But we and, did have uh, a random ass thing Lester's right after music that finally went up. And Andrade saying F WWE. So like I wouldn't doubt it. So fucking especially angry. Since he marches Rick to the left. Andrade left the ring. I just we've heard the rumors that Charlotte's unhappy, uh, but Lesnar obliterates anyways, him with there's stairs. There's a backstage confrontation between Becky Lynch Usos and Charlotte. Usos come out. He demolishes them. He's about to F five in Wichita, Kansas. Roman Reigns. Through the damn um, announce table, and apparently PW kind of stops that. Has confirmed and then WWE personnel starts coming. We're told the issue arose to break up with the fight. Charlotte Flair. Usos and Reigns get the hell said, out of there. Um, he beat, he like manhandles like uh, three referees and a couple other people. Before WWE went uh, on the we air. We go to break. About the, uh, championship we come back on exchange and segment. Adam Pearce. Becky trading her uh, SmackDown Women's Championship belt. definitely spends Lesnar for the Flair's Lesnar comes out again. We are told by several Adam Pierce two F five situation after that Flair was suspended for her official. So now you're tacking on even more time. Nor did she want her title This made sense. So he's not coming back segment until despite those well concerns, rumble, which the segment the went right now. on as planned as the this final was segment great. of the I thought this episode. Was, this, he got during the championship over, exchange he's segment. Roman kind of looked there like a chicken shit when he retreated. Was supposed to you know, hand the belt just, to Becky, I thought this was a great opening. Pulled it away and threw the belt on Brock Lesnar. Just beat the shit out of everyone. Which was not the way chucking around referees like it's nothing. At that Taking point, Adam Pearce demanded Flair like two F five. Uh, retrieved the belt and handed awesome. it to uh, Becky Lynch, which Flair did. Deville then asked for Becky's so title, but instead Lynch heat, threw but, uh, the title belt Brock at Lesnar's Flair, pretty good, right? which was That's also not a part of the plan. Thing. At that point, he is. You Flair, know, it's kind of weird. Uh, did Mike work to set up Sasha Banks anything. coming out, which Jesus put the segment Christ, back on track with Lynch leaving? 
after Roman teasing a potential so Survivor Series showdown with one of them. Uh, after I mean, Flair and Banks had a physical confrontation to close um, he, the Fox no broadcast, Flair went to the back. Like we are told at this you point there was a confrontation like, over Flair so allegedly disrespecting Lynch by trying to make <laughs> her look bad. Exactly one so source stated during the segment, and there were loud words between the two. We are told that the situation was heated. But did not uh, get physical. Can't look like him. Hate him. Is this bullshit, Chris? Or do you think this might have actually happened last night? They they pulled the trigger on it. It's been brilliant. Oh my god, the storyline. I mean, that's a good story. So I don't think it's bullshit. I think maybe. I can't think There's of a single different story stories line. that I mean, will come out in the American next couple Dragon of days. American Dragon versus Kenny Omega. That that's makes a storyline because of what happened. Match. But uh, yeah, Charlotte like, Flair being pissed off about just this is a title to another person. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Because it's good at crafting. You worked your ass, for, <laughs> ass off for that title. You win the title. WCW all these people. Asking. Putting a t- and they had like handing it away from someone. It, with not only does it disrespect Hogan, you, but it disrespects everyone that you beat. Um, <sighs> you know, and, and Charlotte. Sting and Hulk Hogan had a better mentality. fucking match in TNA than they did uh, that night. It's, it's, it's not just like, let's trade That's titles for like, like Pogs or some shit. Um, <laughs> what are you what I'm saying? Like, like, you, yeah, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying though? For, like it's, for all the yep. it's not the, there it's not the same fucking thing. Like, bias. It disrespects Rhea Ripley. It disrespects Alexa Bliss. It disrespects story. anyone that tries I mean, to honestly, be Chris, to get the, the only thing I can think of that's kind of close. Just no, it's not even close, but the second one down is and you have page finally potentially beating Kenny like, Omega for the I didn't title. beat that's the it. people that's the only beat. thing story wise that really would also not right be now, okay Russell. with this but that's built off <laughs> just two years like, in like dumb no, WWE just them shit. stopping and so starting the fact his that, push like it's someone not, had the balls it's, it's not even close dude it's um, not even close it's the best storyline in wrestling well, balls is probably not the appropriate word I have to agree with you I the mean, guts. Like, if, if people want to hate guts. it because they there don't like Rowan, the guts they don't like Brock, stand up fine. and be like, "This is the stupid. Why the fuck are we doing this?" I mean, lots of people also I didn't love like uh, like <laughs> She doesn't care at this player, point. But guess she's what? Like, best storyline in wrestling, <laughs> basically. It's she's like, you know how much more money I'm gonna make if I get fired? It, it just, yeah, sometimes that's, that's sometimes where Charlotte it just is doesn't right matter now. that much. Uh, oh my like, god, if you had Charlotte over there, her and is, Britt Baker in a program, we love it. I, and me and you, we love talking. Oh about lord, it I think it's great. And yeah, incredible. her and Andrade is like a one turn yeah. person. Like we're G1, we're destroying it's everything. It's fabulous. Yeah, like, you don't not, want Ashley Flair showing up and being all elite. About, is like, all we're saying. Okada's and I'm sure Chris is like part of this. Hurt his shoulder. Say, now he's injured. And I mean, what are we gonna do? In the big thing that circles the, around it is Becky. Like, and it sucks. That you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I was gonna say the same thing. Like, it's like with Becky, she's probably in the crosshairs on accident. Like it didn't mean it even happened that, that way. About. But I understand why she would have gotten aggravated. But I see where Charlotte's coming from. Is he gonna show up the Rumble? Also, Charlotte be up like the Rumble. The is he, is he the 30th the man in the Rumble? You, you, you know what I mean? Like, WWE is good about hotel. that shit. <laughs> and AEW is oh, good about oh, long-term I'm booking. Sorry. I'm in church. Fine. I can't speak that loud. Uh, they they so, haven't given me a story to care about. Maybe shut the fuck up with like, grown like folks this. talking. I care about the story. <laughs> Basically, uh, if I was Charlotte, that's what I would say. Roman's great. Brock's great. Because I remember carrying that dumbass diva belt. 
well, and turning it into a women's <laughs> title. Like, it's like, the best. People hate Charlotte. It's the it's absolute fine. best wrestling. I don't it care is about the best that. Of, but I, what both I the do guys care are about good wrestlers, like, too. That's the other thing. Also, at me on Twitter. Becky had an opportunity to have <laughs> a good wants match. to at you, they're idiots. I'm sorry. At this point, right. are we really going to pretend so because we were pissy about Roman Reigns that he's not a good worker? Why? Because he's not an aerial artist? You could have goddamn break. Same thing with fucking Brock Lesnar. Brock has been absolutely better than he should be based on his fucking size since he started. What she came up with. The guy used to do a shooting star press for Christ's sake. And this guy has had the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the Big Gold Belt WCW Championship, the Heavyweight Belt several times, the Universal Belt, and the UFC Belt. MMA. Get mad at Becky. And the NCAA Championship. Yeah, legit badass. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> That's one of the most decorated people, <sighs> period, within wrestling. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, and also it's, he it's, turned it's, down. It's, it's dumb, dude. Like to play for the Minnesota yeah, Vikings. Yeah, Charlotte's so pissed off. Wrestling no joke. Fan. She got switched, <laughs> and then went and sell to, to work with Rhea. So they That's, thought they were gonna have a WrestleMania thing. <laughs> it's like I'm not losing the title. Hogan. So yeah, she's pissed. <laughs> Turns oh, out, and then you're gonna have a mom brother. Have her do. Could you imagine? Make money, brother. Rich player and Hulk Hogan doing Jeff a Jerry fucking title to sort that shit out because of uh, brands. <laughs> like that's well, crazy about, that they kind of relied off that. of them. Then. Like if you that's put nuts. that in the back of your memory, if, Japan is someone who so likes wrestling I mean, and loves wrestling. Tanahashi. This is the dumbest shit built that possible back, for someone that's to just crazy. be like. Oh, you're on the blue brand, blue the red brand. Oh, uh, after that, um, I see we have titles. Let's just dude. hand them over, like back. New Day Johnson. and the. That's why uh, I have some of your. Can't think like, of their I don't think Tanahashi. Right now. He gets a lot uh, of uh, street profits, and I think street he is profits. A great it's fucking dot. Ever gonna make my. Top I'm not gonna give you a title like Someone's like he's my number one. I would have respect. Like that doesn't happen in boxing because he. If you move to England, you're just like. He's like he's he's like how Nas is the hip hop. He's like how Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a horror movie. Like if Charlotte, even if it's not your personal favorite, if someone says that's your favorite, you can't be like, oh, you're an idiot or you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, well, yeah, it's Tanahashi. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand the queen. And I think people should feel the same way about Cena, and she would have a problem doing that. So the same way about. Lesnar but well, at this point, it's gonna be weird, yeah. man. Uh, next week, he's carried you know, this company. We kind of had the start of it, but not really. Seven years. Officially, How next week we'll start off with these new rosters. <laughs> this so podcast. maybe check them out. With Ron <laughs> he Smackdown, wrestles but, um, small guys better than he sounds like one of their guys, champions. Still wrestles happy. big guys, great. So he's able if to put all of a sudden like randomly show, Charlotte loses all these motherfuckers someone, on his shoulders, no problem. They're little guys. He gets them over because it's oh. A smaller dude wants to have a match with Brock Lesnar. Like that's a big deal, oh, even if agree. Shoe, like I with AJ Styles, that helped him out, even though he lost. Ben Balor, Daniel Bryan, like not he's so much not to ever not to pull the Shawn Michaels card. Also, not out of position to ever catch. Someone's gonna have to take it, or the HBK. Yes, or, there, uh, there's the no Ian there's no moment in a Brock Lesnar match where you're like, oh, he fucked up, he didn't catch that guy. And Brock's one of the best sellers. Know, She's not generation too, man. His She's selling is not, ridiculous. Not going to drop it tonight. A lot yes. of people don't give him credit for that. Like, oh my god! If someone, if, if you, you know what I'm Brock saying, Lester like she's not, ten, you're like not Charlotte is done with this bullshit, especially because <laughs> he's got to be outside there. of it because he's carried 
through a very terrible she has nothing time to wrestling. Lose. What are they gonna he do? Held that belt for not Booker a very long time for WWE. And so he's <laughs> like, Moon, it's Charlotte it fucking too, player. Too long, she's an eighteen-time world. I see champion. that, but you yeah, know, she's arguably strong, what, dude. like in the top four. Dude, him and Cena. You know, I mean, think about two wrestlers that company. people know from their generation. Yes, it's him and Cena. She's Lesnar outside of wrestling. I mean, and Brock. Brock is is the attraction wrestler. I mean, he's the Andre the Giant, if you will, for his generation. Where John Cena is the Unless ultimate WWE champion title, like happening. a Hulk Hogan but I mean they're both so, so necessary shooter, for WWE during a time Shana, period so a have Shayna Baszler watching it because yes, the UFC Shana became so popular and honestly they got a big they got a little bit cheesy in PG <laughs> that'd be so. a fun match can't wait for that shoot match all right so I I feel like you're gonna agree and also with me like Shayna's not gonna be that girl either because you shit on her entire yeah absolutely career. I mean like I said the only one that <laughs> so like comes Why decently is she gonna close go out is, there and shoot for you? is is Paige you know and I mean? fucking like, Kenny but yeah, that's Charlotte's about gonna it be champion it's not as even long close. as Charlotte wants to be champion I mean Okada get in the belted yeah I don't even know man but I, I mean I guess either way Charlotte Flair will always be in our hearts, coming yeah, back and in our thoughts, if they she's, do it she's really just going to well. whoop some ass, but the, uh, also, the we're nature woman, if you will. Woo! The queen, just Charlotte that, Flair. But that is like the episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you guys so much for listening. Went over no, you know what? You know what's a storyline I'd love to see? Organizations within wrestling. Earlier, but and we didn't even get a chance right, to talk about uh, another year. You know, Impact and tonight. Sadly, like that. either got their because of, I think it's actually well, sadly for WWE, but whatever. never think that. But so much stuff. So Either much time. They we'll do what the they've done and gotten rid Next of people time you listen to or us. their contracts. And uh, if you're new, but we do Roderick Strong, every Saturday. We record Kyle it. Riley be, uh, are and on the market. Usually Sunday, Monday, it if drops. If you had it, we're so all of a sudden listening to us. Chris, over I could Adam not Cole, do the show without you. He comes by back and he's got the members of the Undisputed Era against the Elite. That's going to be something that could be a big storyline. But there's nothing. I didn't give a fuck about MJF and Jericho. I didn't. Pinnacle versus whatever. You know, it just wasn't my thing at all. There hasn't been a lot of storylines like Roman and Brock that's really gotten my attention as much as this has. And that's why WWE on SmackDown, which is a good show, can rely more on the sports entertainment stuff. Yeah, well, you can find me at Daniel42 on Twitter. You can have all the work rate on Facebook. But actually, we'll have a conversation. You guys have a great time doing whatever you're doing right now while you're listening to this page to us. Every week would be always let the wrestling could be comparable, but be with you. Peace out, guys. Have a good one. Bye. I think it's different audience.